Hi, I'm Tom Scholey, co-writer and artist of Transformers vs. G.I. Joe and creator of American Barbarian, and you are listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> I ain't gonna mess with perfection. You should start golfing. <laughs> I really don't know what that meant, but it seemed a hole in one. I got you. Yeah, everybody usually says, "Oh, I'm having a lucky week. I should buy a lottery ticket." I don't understand that. It doesn't spill no. over. No, no. Especially when you, the odds against you winning are colossal. So. Better off hanging off at a, at a street corner looking for the ladies, the men. The ladies. Yep. Get funky. Ooh. Nice. Nice. Little bit of improv in the beginning of the episode. Loves it. Because, hey, people, welcome back. It's 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 791. The end is nigh. Yep. And, and I'm Vince B., you are Vince B. I am David A. Price. Indeed you are, and I am proud to be Team Woodrow's first round pick of the NL only draft, Mr. Walker Bueller. Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> You're not Bueller. Bueller, anybody? Bueller. You're Jason Wood, everybody. Uh, All together again for this ordinary episode but ordinary doesn't mean bad in this case it just means what you expect and you're gonna get it who brings it to you well that's a good question and i have the answer our butamous patrons mm-hmm. have brung it to you patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics numeral one not don't mm-hmm. type out 11 it's one one 11 o'clock comics no apostrophe take a look around there's a whole lot of shaking going on Audio, video, images, polls, like a ton of stuff. And the best part, I think anyway, your opinion may differ, the best part is the dedicated Slack channel that we have for our patrons. And So much fun. Not patrons, for our family, right? Mm -hmm. And we spend the entire day with them, in a manner of speaking, um, talking about comics and other things, TV, games, everything. Um, if you would like to just see what all this is about, we would love to have you go to patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. Is it, I think it's kind of dumb to what? keep saying forward slash, like slash, right? Yeah, yeah I think you could get, I can get away with just saying slash, but it makes you feel a little better. Yeah, because these days you don't say HTTP colon slash slash, Very like true. that's dumb. WWW. Who even says that anymore? Nobody. Grandpa says that. Not a person. Yeah. So I think I'm just going to tweak it a little bit to just say slash. Smooth it out. Streamline. It's time to streamline. It is. We're not getting any younger. Slash Maraud. Slash Maraud. Gulacy. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I'm just, yeah, I'm not going to follow up on that. (laughs) Yeah. We're mature. We are mature. Are we, though? Me- we're <laughs> we okay, were just so. talking about the C- CGI hottie pics and, <laughs> and okay. pooping. I don't know that we <laughs> don't know we're that mature. Okay, Thor. 
uh, I'm mature enough to drink an alcoholic beverage. No, the the oh, meme. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know that meme. Is he though? Yes, you do. When he's talking to Ben, he's like, "Is he though?" Uh, yeah, speaking of growing old, I think somebody better get uh, tested because you're forgetting a lot of stuff, my man. Oh, dude, I'm I'm like, I have known forever that the cruel fate that I'm going to end up with is early on Alzheimer's. I, I I know it's bound to happen. Yeah, but you know, you gotta you gotta scale it. The things you've forgotten probably amount to more than most people have in their heads these days. Like I know I, I'm for I'm for sure you don't watch This Is Us, Vince. I don't think Dap does because he's never mentioned it. But I haven't. And I mean, the first season or two. But yeah, we, yeah, it's it's coming to an end. This is the yeah. final season, and um, and, and so spoilers to anyone who hasn't started to watch it and cares about such things. But uh, but the 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 main character that she is. She's got dementia, and it's fucking so sad, dude. Yeah, it is. One would hope that when you pass over, if there is somewhere else, that it's just like a nice cosmic reset button. That uh, the uh, whoever's controlling this crazy machine says, you know what? You've you've existed. You've done good things, and now I will reset you to the best part, the best point in your existence by your standards. Mm-hmm. That'd be nice. That would be. There's no guarantee, but still, it's nice to dream. Yeah, dare to dream. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, but I, uh, D- David said, wait. What do you? What do you got? What do you got, David? When I said about the the alcoholic beverage, you said, wait. Oh, I did. Yeah. Okay then. No, yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't about that. No, no, definitely wasn't. Oh well, I am old enough. No, I think it was. Oh boy! <laughs> no, Jason was talking about the meme. And was, was he? And, right? Is he though? And, and but yeah, no, I didn't. I wasn't. You said you were old enough to drink an alcoholic beverage, and then we went into a different direction. Oh, uh, Gotti, Gotti! I, I think we're gonna call this episode eleven o'clock. Shit the bed. I wow. I am drinking. Dude, you, you're just like you're anticipating failure tonight. I don't no, know I'm what's not. going on. I'm optimistic. Yeah, you are, dude. I am. I I am very optimistic. And I'm convinced that what I'm drinking is swill, because again, wow, I have the Yingling. Sorry, mm. yeah, it How is. How much Yingling did you freaking buy? There's three. I did not buy any of it. I There's know, yeah. well, I, okay. How much Yingling was procured and, and left in your home? Three cases. God damn! I know. And like four four bottles of white wine, <laughs> which will never get consumed because. I don't drink it. My wife doesn't drink it. If, unless Vinny takes it on the sly, it's never going to move. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm drinking the, the Yingling crap. I, I my kids, I like. I wish they'd take the beer. There's there's droves of beer in the fridge. I wish they'd take that instead. They take my 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 Gatorades. And, I think and we'll fix that off. for you come June. Yeah, we got. You. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, counting on it. Pick it up. Pick it up. Are you drinking anything from the this fridge? Is the, that's like the fifth time in the last ten minutes you've said something implying that tonight's not going to go well. <laughs> You're very nervous about tonight. <laughs> I'm really not. I'm, what, I'm what, as what, nervous. What, did, I'm you as, not, did you time at the counselor this weekend? I'm cool. I, don't, I don't need counseling, number one. Thank <laughs> you very much. So you have us. That's right. Yeah. I'm cool as a cod. What are you drinking? Wait, what? Is that a 
It is, is now. That, I guess it is in Pennsylvania. It's, it's like a fish. This is a cod. Like cool as a cucumber, sure. Right. Like salty as a cod. Maybe, yep. maybe he means cool as a cod piece. I don't know. It's it's weird, man. Oh, cod it's, yeah, I don't follow anybody else's script. How much would the world's plot if we rolled into the Western Bar on Thursday and cod matching cod pieces? But why are why are they different sizes? Well, I mean, we've been through that before. Yeah. Because I'm Irish and dap dap. Yeah. I J- Jason, here's your codpiece. I've used three ounces of tin to make this. Vince, here's your codpiece. I've used five ounces of tin. Dap, yours is going to be a little extra because it, it costs 32 pounds of tin to make your... Facts. Serious. Facts. Oh, what am I drinking? Uh, I am drinking... Um, I, have, I have coffee. And Boy. then I have a cherry Gatorade Zero. Nice. I am sipping on one of my absolute favorite finds uh, in recent months. I'm not... There are certain pre-mixed beverages that um, are going to taste good. You just, you know, you get the gin and tonic in a can or you get like, you know, the, the... the Moscow Mule, the simple ones, you know, are, chances are going to taste good. But mm. um, there have been some pre-mixed old fashions that I've tried in the past that kind of just missed the bar just a smidge. I found this um, down at the liquor store by by the river one night walking. And it is, uh, it's from Spirits Lab, which is a distillery in Newburgh, so I have to visit them. But this is blood orange, old fashioned, and mm. it is uh, it's made with their Bull's Head bourbon uh, from the Hudson Valley, blood orange, amaro, and bitters. It's then aged in bourbon barrels to give it additional depth of flavor. It is it is absolutely amazing. It is it's liquid crack. I have to be very careful <laughs> with it. My neighbors come over just so, they don't visit me anymore. They they come for the bottle, and um, it's it is. It's extremely good. I enjoy it a lot, and um, and I figured tonight was a good night to uh, to have it with y'all. Love it. Excellent, excellent. Well, there's going to be a whole lot of things going on this episode because we have mm-hmm. solicited our lovely EOC familia on the Slack. We've solicited questions from them yet again, mm-hmm. and and they delivered decent sized list and we have selected a, a few of them to uh to fill your earlobes your ear holes with stuff you want me to take the first one sure sure and and while I, while i'm thinking of it though um since you mentioned the eoc family we should we should reiterate to folks because it's the time's coming quick we're about two months away Two months and change away from Heroes Con. And we have raved about Heroes many times. This is the 40th anniversary. It's the first time in three years that the show's happening because of the pandemic. And by last count, we have over 40 confirmed EOC Familia members coming to the show. That's a good turnout. It's a hell of a good turnout. A lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Should we take out insurance policies before we go now? <laughs> I'm I'm plenty insured. If I kick the bucket, family's going to be just fine. 
Dap and I on that list? No. He wonders why I am the yeah. way I am. All right. So the first question comes from good old Jay Tomio. And it's a demand, actually. It is Jay. So he says, I want something that probably won't be or can't be seen elsewhere on anything silly like top 10 lists. <laughs> I, which, take, I take umbrage with that. Top 10 lists can be hella fun. Uh, no, but he's poking fun at himself because he just instigated a top 10 oh, list. Oh, facts. Oh, I didn't make yeah. the connection. You're right. Yeah. Good call. And he says, I just want you guys to each name the single panel that pops up in your mind when you read this. The panel that says comics. And then the panel you think of immediately after. And he stipulates, I don't want you to think about it for any longer than 15 seconds after reading mm-hmm. this. I knew it as soon as he guessed it. I knew it. Same. This what you got? This panel popped into my head immediately. I don't know why. It's not exactly my most favorite panel. Mm-hmm. It's right. a it's a great panel. But right. when when right. he said, "Think of a panel," mm-hmm. this is this is what I thought of. And I'm going to cheat a little bit because I originally thought of the last panel in the sequence. But I'm going to lie and say I thought of the first panel in this sequence. And then the kicker is the, the, the last panel in this sequence. And it's from Dark Knight Returns. Duh. Okay? Of course it is. It's that sequence where it's a brilliantly orchestrated sequence. Of course, it's Frank. Where Superman is talking to the president. And you see the American flag. And mm-hmm. it, it's, a, it's two tiers of panels. Uh, four and four. And the first panel, again, is the American flag. And as the discussion between Superman and the president goes on, the focus on the flag gets tighter and tighter and tighter. And the American flag eventually morphs into Superman's shield. And Superman says, yes, sir. And the president says, good boy. Mm-hmm. And it is just a masterful sequence uh, I thought of the the good boy panel first because I love mm-hmm. that panel because it just speaks to the 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 way that Superman was the lapdog of the United States and uh, would just be their their super powered errand boy and just you know put out fires for the United States at the expense of every other country and it's like the big boy scout and I just think it it encapsulates exactly how um, Superman is portrayed. In this in this series, and it's a great sequence. Bam! It was the 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 close up of the shield that once was an American flag. That's immediately what I thought of. That's great. Yeah, I like that a lot. But like I said, I, I where did it come from? I don't know. Uh, mine is something that because I kind of took Jay's request. Um, Kind of, kind of literally, because it's something that kind of could only be done or shown um, in a comic. Be- between the sound effect, between the speed lines, between the reaction. Uh, but it's 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 the one punch. It's it's Batman's fist, Guy Gardner's nose. That's the panel. He, he sucker punched him. It's not fair. Yeah, I respect that. So so in the in the interest of. Jay's question of like literally like like word association would the first thing that comes to mind. Um the first thing that came to mind is the first panel of Saga, probably because I'm rereading Saga now. 
and it's a close up of our ingenue as she's about to give well she's in the process of giving birth and she's like am I shitting it feels like I'm shitting yes that's the first panel that came to mind uh, again I'm not suggesting that's like the most important panel of right. my comment but that's what came to mind probably because it's like just you know again like fresh and then the second panel that came to mind is a little bit deeper cut and that and that because I was like my my mind had a few seconds to process and that is uh, from Watchmen and it's the panel where Ozymandias is uh, sort of explaining what's going on, right? He mm. was like, uh, you know, he does this whole little spiel, and then he says, I did it 35 minutes ago. Yeah, that's a good one. So there you go. Let's let's play word association. Immediately, <laughs> immediately divulge the image that pops into your head. So it's, okay, all right. Easy game. Okay. Super, superhero. What's, who, are you, who, are you, who are you asking? I'm asking both of you. What's what? well? Okay, but we don't want to talk over each other. It's okay. What what popped into your head when I said superhero? The cover of uh, of the Ohatmu that I bought that got me into comics. That's a good, yeah, very good answer. Yeah, it, that was the answer. the fulcrum or the lever. Yeah. Uh, immediately, I think of Superman. Mm-hmm. And, and like, it, what, it's a what very, image of but it's weird. Uh, I should be thinking burn Superman. No. But I think Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. That's a great one. From the model I, sheet. Yeah, I think of uh I think of Neil Adams breaking the chains. Oh yeah. And it's 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 just strange because Superman I I I go through this a lot uh whenever I, I try and think of I'm gonna kill whoever is texting me. <laughs> I mean, I, I honestly thought of, uh, like, like when I tried to think of a, a, like, quintessential burn Superman panel to play this game, I was like, there really isn't just one that I could, even though I just had a month full of fucking burn Superman images, but I just, I, I, there wasn't, there wasn't one that just screamed to me that was like, yeah, this is my answer. It, it immediately was one punch, and then I had, and then I had his follow-up, which, and, pretty much almost immediately came to mind but then i thought about it and i was like could i do a superman one and 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 fudge it but no there, there wasn't a, a, a burn superman image that i was just like immediately said that this is the one for me i see whenever i th- it's, it's, it's another strange thing whenever i think of burn superman there are many many panels um to use that oft maligned word iconic panels uh, but you say burn Superman, I think of him sitting on the bed with Barda. Of course you do. Right? Why? I don't know. What? Well, I mean, I mean yeah, I, I... that sequence is about as offensive as you can get yeah. within the mainstream. And John, John just ran with it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's... Um, but to get back to what I was saying when I was uh, interrupted... I, I struggle with Superman being my favorite superhero because my heart tells me he's not. It has to be Spider-Man, right? Oh. It's a, but it, it, it's a strange thing because Spider-Man was the book. Yes, Fantastic Four was my first exposure to comics, I but think... Spider-Man was the one I had to have regularly every sure. single month. Yeah, I I think for me, I think... The difference between Superman and Spider-Man, because I do love them both, is one speaks to the heart, one speaks to the mind. 
I don't know what it is. It is. I mean, when I think of superheroes, I think of Superman. It's like Superman is is the as the first. That's the launch pad, springboard, whatever you want to call it. But Spider Man is like you can never be Superman. Superman is the ideal that that that's who you you know that that's your role model that that everybody should want to be like Superman. But Spider Man is actually the everyman because he is somebody who is the one who's always struggling, always hustling, just trying to get from point A to point B. And and Superman doesn't have Peter's problems, obviously, but he still has the way to the world and he feels like he needs to be Spidey just has to kind of like take care of his corner. And even that can be a struggle at times. Whereas obviously Superman's plate is much larger and, and there's a lot more right. to handle, but yeah. it's, it's one is, one is more relatable or, or, or you can, you know, is, is just, yeah, I go ahead. I'm one, sorry. one's a God in human clothing. I don't know who it was, but some writer recently said on Twitter that uh, Superman is the easiest character to write because he always does the right thing. <laughs> and, I, and I said, man, that is a boring ass approach mm-hmm. to Superman. Mm-hmm. Well, not to turn this into a soliloquy on the merits of the most iconic superheroes, but... My issue with Superman is generally that I think he's a very boring character for that exact reason. He shouldn't always do the right thing. He's it, right, it, but he has been written. What have, let's say there's been three thousand Superman comics. He has been written as the the perfect person who does the right thing at all times in twenty nine hundred of them. I also wow, it's, it's a little I, high, I, but I get it. I, yeah, there is, and this isn't. I'm, I'm I'm not trying to blow this up or or make a bigger deal out of this, but I know because Jason is an admitted certified Marvel zombie. That's what got him into it. It was the old hot moves. He's a Marvel fan, absolutely no doubt about it. We all are or have been over the years. Mm-hmm, sure, but I have heard that I'm not going to call it an excuse, but I have heard that statement from more Marvel fans about Superman than then well obviously than DC fans, but there's just if 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 you were grown up, if, if you were brought up on Marvel, if Marvel's like just that's where you lived for a handful of years and those were the only characters you more or less cared about and it took you forever to get into the DC stuff, I absolutely understand and I've heard it many times that Superman is either boring or I can't follow what he's doing or or he is too powerful and, and it wouldn't work in Marvel's universe. And that's true. That's the credo on which the Marvel Universe was founded. Fantastic Four number one on. Yeah, it ain't going to be that boring guy that's perfect, and we're going to have problems. In modern times, that that is no longer the case because these characters have been written by so many different people in so many different ways. But certainly, yeah, exactly. The 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 crux of Marvel versus DC, and as much as there ever was a a rational reason to, to separate the two, is. Exactly that, right? One yeah. was you was, live in. We live in Marvel's universe, where it's New York. It's, it's yeah, I mean, at least theoretically. I mean, and 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 again, like I don't think those arguments really. Maybe they never held water, but I don't think they hold water in modern no, comic storytelling because no, no, we've seen we've seen every hero now in, in different versions and evil versions and flawed versions and humanized yeah. and so yeah. So I I don't really think in modern comics that 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 distinction ma- makes as much sense. But absolutely, I mean, we were. Young Bucks getting into the hobby, that was certainly one of the yeah. big differences. And, and I wasn't conscious of that difference 
as a Marvel zombie kid. I mean, it was just more about timing, right? Uh, just that those were the hot comics when I was getting into the hobby, and and mm-hmm. so it's just what I and I had a budget, and you know, it just became a thing where, and and as we have talked about a million times, most of us back then that were going to the shops regularly were complete completists, and so. I, if I was going to be a completist, it had to be just Marvel. You know, my my, my I could only pull on my dad's wallet strings so right. much. So yeah, one of the, the the Triangle team tackled with this problem to varying degrees of success. But I think one of the greatest things the Triangle team did, and it sounds horrible, but allowing Cat Grant's kid to die was one of their crowning achievements because what it did was Superman wasn't there. Superman couldn't save him. The kid died. Yeah. And I just say, yeah, killing a kid is great. You know, the best thing they ever did. No, it was a horrible thing. Uh, but what it did was it just, it stripped away some of that godhood that Superman has. And, yeah. and, and it, he did, he ma- he didn't necessarily make a mistake, but he wasn't Superman. He wasn't there to save the child. And it's like, I, when they did that, I'm like, wow, this is brilliant. This is a, it's, it's a, it's a great approach because it, it takes away that it tickles, right? And it, it's just yeah. like, wow, you fucked up, uh, according to yourself. You, you allowed this kid to die. How does it feel? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is, this is the, I, this is the, I think one of the questions we got was I think it was from Brian Newbery, if I'm remembering right, but it was like what uh, Marvel and DC Comics are we enjoying currently, you know, outside of the few that we talk about a lot. And I don't know that we're going to go that route because, one, I don't think Vince is reading much of anything. Uh, I got two. Okay, I didn't know. But my point was not to you. My point was really to say that that, that the the issue here is that, you know, you – I mean, we've tread this territory before, but we're all in our – 40s and 50s and as are many of our listeners and you know the thing is is that comics weren't these stories weren't and characters weren't meant to to be read for decades right like they weren't designed that way and they weren't designed for adults initially so like so the 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 questions one gets is you get some life behind you and some wisdom where you question these things and say well and you start thinking about the flaws the chinks in the armor like that was never really the design right the design was just to tell fun stories right where there were really pretty much surface level truisms right there was like a a, maybe a a list of 10 things that were true about superman and 10 things that were true about spider-man and if as long as you held to those 10 tenets as as a writer and an artist you could tell the story and it was okay and then we we get older and we're like well wait a minute i mean how could Peter Parker be a failure every single moment? Like he's a brilliant guy and he's got all these powers. Like he should be successful sometimes. Or how can Superman live with himself? Because even Superman, he's only one person. Like inevitably he's going to have to choose every minute of his existence to let somebody die in an earthquake to save a hundred people from an explosion or, you know, like, and it, and, and, and that takes the fun out of it. Right. Like, like, so, so you have to be able to, to either turn that part of your brain off or move on to other stories. And I think with each of us, depending on where you are, even in the moment of, our, of your reading cycle, some things you can read and it doesn't bother you. Some things just annoy you. And that likely plays into how you think of a certain character or not, right? Like like I told you guys my issue with the Batman movie, which I'm clearly in the minority. I mean, it's, <laughs> one, of the best, it's one of the best reviewed superhero films of all time. Yeah, It's been a huge commercial success. I mean, a lot of... 
people that were indifferent toward a lot of the other Batman films have said, like, Hosanna's about it. So far be it from, I'm not going to rain any of y'all's parade, but, like, one of my issues with it is, however my mindset was at the time, I'm thinking, Batman fucking sucks at his job, was my takeaway. Like, he sucks at his job. Like, he has spent, he's supposed to be this genius, super disciplined dude with limitless resources, and he can't keep his own fucking city from being an apocalypse for more than a week or two. And I'm like, this dude blows at his job. Like he, 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 he's great that he never kills, but in, in the process of that, he fails at his stated goals all the time. And like most of Batman stories are about his failures. And I actually think that's why I think he makes a more interesting character to me than, than Superman. Like I, I think Batman it, and that's why they're the yin and the yang. Batman is incredibly flawed in lots of ways. He's amazing at the things he's amazing at, but he's but they come with a cost of incredible right. flaws. Superman, and, and again, I, I I'm I realize we've had a spectrum of, of Superman stories and characterizations, but like the the baseline big uh, DC Superman is he's pretty much perfect. Like he's incredibly moral. He finds a way to make the right decision at all times, and like. I guess as I've gotten older, that seems less reasonable to me, but there's no reason to, but like, but yet I don't have a problem reading stories about people that have magic powers. Right. So it's, it's, it's like, you know, you just, you kind of got to like escape your own head sometimes and just make the, and just enjoy these things for what they are. Right. It's very true, but it's hard, but it can be hard. Right. Like, 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 and, and again, I mean, we talk about people like, um, you know, we still have friends that, that primarily read superhero comics like almost exclusively and still get great joy out of them. And, um, and that's awesome. You know, I mean, sometimes I'm jealous of that, like, uh, you know, and, and I've been reading a bunch of superhero comics lately that have been quite enjoyable. You know, I talked about black widow recently and I think the new she Hulk has been great and the Nightwing. So like, it's not, like, and, and maybe part of the reason is that those characters aren't as can, can, can is it can, canonical to me? Yeah. Canonical. You know, like like I've certainly read plenty of stories featuring those characters, but they don't have this deeply embedded history as standout characters, or maybe I haven't experienced them in that way. So I'm a little more forgiving of the tropes. It doesn't. I'm not as judgy about the tropes or what makes sense in the in my mind as to oh that character would or wouldn't do that. You know, maybe that maybe that's part of it too. I I, I don't know. For me, with the big two stuff it's it's kind of hard to appreciate the mural when you're looking through the scaffolding right we know how these things are manipulated we know that this little thing is eventually going to turn into an event and the, the 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 laundry list of things that we've all grown accustomed to with with superhero comics the deaths and the 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 uh, role changes in the uh, in the title character like it's cyclical this shit happens all the time mm-hmm. and for me it's just when i see things like that i'm like why would i want to read this like like with clea in as doctor strange zero interest in that i, but, I it, it could be a very good book yeah it's just but getting that's a great that's a great juxtaposition of, of what i was saying where each person has their own peccadillos because uh, just a few weeks ago i talked about how i picked up strange number one and thought it was terrific, you know. And and but I get it. Like if I, I but I could totally see another character it being like, nah, I'm not not about that. Like I don't care about that at all, you know. So like I get I get what you're saying, right? Like right. maybe you're a huge uh, Hal Jordan fan, and so the idea of reading a new Green Lantern just doesn't appeal to you. But maybe for someone else who isn't beholden to it, 
you can get into the new character and and the challenges that that holding the ring would be for that character and their life and their choices like right. so it's just neither is wrong right like there's nothing there's nothing inherently wrong with enjoying or or or, or loving or disliking a story um you know i think it's just about being self-aware and also where i think all comic readers today are much better off than we were 20 years ago uh is being willing to just walk away and not feel slighted by it right like we used to get yeah Yeah. we used to get mad frustrated because we felt compelled to keep reading these same titles and and felt a loyalty like a debt of service to them and this continuity and so if 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 these books weren't hot we would get frustrated and just keep reading them hoping they did get hot and just kind of slog through it and and obviously with 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 trade rating and digital and writing for the trade and, and, and a million other things and events and everything. We, we, they have broken most of us of that uh, for good or for bad. And, and so, uh, and I know we're all the same. Like, I think if you go back and listen to the earliest episodes of this, we were probably much more still completists, at least with certain things, right? Oh, Whether definitely. It's fantastic yeah, yeah. force. But and yeah. now none of, now none of us are like that. Like there are, there are tons of series that I start and I may even enjoy the first issue or two. And then I'm like looking at my iPad or something. And I'm thinking, Oh God, I never finished that. And sometimes I'll be like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit down and finish that," or I'm like, "Delete." <laughs> I'm like, all right, like yeah. I, I'll go, I can always go back to it, but I, it, you know, I don't feel like reading it right now, you know. Um, like, like I just like, when I was reading stuff today, like there was a the one star, the one star squadron, right? Like I liked the first issue, fine, but I had been letting the build up, and then I'm like, ah, I'm not gonna read this. Like, there's so many things I'm dying to read. Like, I'm not gonna read this, so I just, you know. But may, you know, maybe in a year or two, if if I'm curious, I'll pick it up, you know, read it again. I just. And that's fine. Like in the old days, you'd feel like that you couldn't do that. Like, oh, I got, I gotta, gotta maintain the continuity. Gotta keep reading. Gotta, gotta get through these issues. Yeah, there's uh, nothing worse than plowing through a stack of books just because you have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yep. And I think it's a, um, it's weird. I'm preaching to the choir. It, it, it's a sign of maturity when. So, for example, since you brought up Green Lantern and Hal Jordan, there's, there's a point. In, in one's life, I think, where you can either, when Hal Jordan is no longer Green Lantern and they bring in someone new, there's 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 two doors you could go through. You could either be angry at what happened and be pissed off at any new reader or anybody who appreciates Kyle because that's not your Green Lantern and they've ruined your Green Lantern to make room for this guy. You could You could act like that. Or you could just be happy that now someone else who wasn't a Green Lantern fan is now a member of that club. And right. you guys actually have something in common and you can appreciate that. I I mean, I know that's the whole gatekeeping thing and it's like, it's fucking stupid. But there's there just comes a point in someone's life where you're just like, let people enjoy things. And whatever brought them to the dance, that's great. Don't worry about what difference it is between what your experience was and theirs just now we're all here we're all green lantern fans it's all just fucking get along that's that's yeah it's like you know it's one of those things where where there are characters like i just called up on all the new x books i mean there are characters and we all have them that adapt with super with superman you know where where we'll we'll continue to go back to those wells quite often we have great love for those characters and we we want that we want to be we want to be excited by the stories that we get of those characters. But that being said, and, and I, I again, this is a much different viewpoint than I think I would have had when we started the show. I, 
if you were just to tell me that, like, I don't know, there's some kind of cosmic situation that causes Marvel and DC to never publish a, you know, an, an X-Men story or a Batman story again, like, I, I would, I'd be fine. Like, I, like, it wouldn't, like, that's the difference now. I, like, it, would I occasionally miss that we don't get new stories of them? Sure. You know, would I say, oh, geez, I wish, I wish someone would write a Batman story. Like, that'd be cool. But, like, if we didn't, I'd be fine. Like, I'd have tons to read, to go back and read, stuns I had never read before. And and there's other, there's always going to be other things, you know? And, and it's just funny, like, I think about other mediums, you know, like like where where they don't have the volume just because of the, they, they just couldn't, whether it be your favorite television shows or, or, or a film series that's maybe more than one in a series, you know, like, I think that's the more normal. Like, you're like, oh, I love those. You can either rewatch them re, re, or you can just be like, oh, those were great. It'd be nice, you know. But, like, you don't lament that there's not more. You don't think, like, oh, my God, like, how are they not giving me more of this? This is ridiculous. You're like, oh, okay, they they told their story and you moved on. Like, that's this weird dichotomy with this big two comics, right? Like, like, it is an addiction. It's a subscription. Like, they want us to want more stories of the same characters and – for the most part, like if you think about it that way, like they've done an incredible job because they have managed to create and maintain some level of significant interest in telling basically the same stories over and over again for 50, 60, 70 years in some cases. Yeah. I mean, Superman was, you know, the, Superman and Batman were in the 30s, dude. Like we're in 2020. Like we're, we're approaching 100 years of these characters being in our faces on a monthly well, in many cases, many more times than a, than one per month basis for almost a century, and they're still doing it to, to, with success, like profitably. That's impressive, you know. Right. Even if it's not like something we're vibing with, like that's I tip my cap to them. I'm a bit of an odd. Well, that goes without saying. I'm a bit of an odd duck when it comes to recommendations. Like I have an extremely fortified shield. If somebody tells me that. Nightwing is the bomb, man. You got to read it. I'm very reluctant. Sure. Probably I won't even consider the the praise. But if somebody says, "Hey, this 20 copy comic of, you know, Rectal Polyp Man is is amazing." I'd be like, sure. "Damn, I got to read this. This looks really good." Uh, it's it's just it, that but that's not a new thing. I've always right. been that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it, and it just speaks to where my heart resides, and it's not—it's sure. not in the mainstream. It, and again, there's nothing wrong with either side of that, right? No, I mean, it's just yeah, that's fine. But I—I I giggle whenever I, I God, I love him so much. But his his way of thinking is so alien to me. When Daph says, I, "You know, I'm 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 glad you're reading it, and I'm glad you're enjoying it," never once in my entire existence have I ever said. I'm glad that person is is reading that comic, and I'm glad they're enjoying it. Like, because <laughs> you're a selfish, cold-hearted bastard. No, I mean, no, 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 I mean, no. It's no, it's 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 against my nature. I don't, I don't, I'm not judging them as inferior to me in any way. I just no, don't I, like I, you. I you know, that. listen to what you listen to, watch what you like, read what you right. read. I don't care. It just doesn't matter to me. But I just want people happy. I, I think the cap saying that he's just meaning like he's happy that his friends are fine, enjoying life, like. I'm They're happy my friends. Joy. I'm happy my friends are having sex. That's I fine. guess, but I, I, right, no, but that, but it's it, it doesn't. But that doesn't mean. Yeah, but that you, doesn't you take anything that. away from you. Yeah, I was, oh, I, 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 there have definitely been comics where you said like, oh, 
I think you would love this comic. Yeah, That's the same sentiment. That that as the circle tightens, those people in the 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 row the next row removed from me. Yes, I do care. Yeah. But public at large, the the general oh, sure. buying, I don't care what they're reading. I just, no, doesn't matter to me. Uh, let's piggyback on this. Well, um, you, I know Jason gave his second image. Oh, I don't have one. Panel. You don't? Just the, I lie. I I cheated and said that the first. Oh, so you're two. Okay. Yeah. Mine is um. Mine is uh, the night on the bridge and Peter failing to save Gwen. Yeah, that's, that's a pivotal next, moment, that's man. Yeah. yeah. Snap. That's Snap. a pivotal yeah. moment. If mm. I if I had to pick the one that came to mind was Gordon in um, Dark Knight Returns saying I think about Sarah and the rest is easy. Oh, that that panel, a variation of that panel is repeated a you number know, of times my, through the my my absolute. It's weird. I mean, of all the comics, I just, it it just came to mind when you said Gordon. My absolute favorite rendition, illustration, my favorite drawing of Jim Gordon. Is Mazzucchelli's from year one? Oh, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, the the most soulful character in the whole comic, and you can't see his eyes in most of the the comic. It's like <laughs> it's that, that, that. They have mustache. That's great. brilliant. It's just smart. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, nice. Right, so what's next? Let's just follow it up with Brian Newberry's question. Okay. Because it speaks to the the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Besides Superman and Nightwing. What are some current big two books you are each enjoying, including Vince? So I get to play. Okay. I didn't know that you had an answer for this, so I'm excited to hear it. No, I do. Um, I'm not current, obviously, because I didn't I wasn't aware of this whole Pocahontas brouhaha. <laughs> but but I'm I'm reading uh, Jason Aaron and Mahmoud's Conan. King Lo- Conan. King yep. well now King Conan. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm very much enjoying the X books that I read. Nice. Okay. Again, not completely current, but X Force, Marauders, uh, the 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 main title, the uh, associate like uh, Trial of Magneto was decent. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I've haven't read a mutant book in geez, it's been a long, long time, and I just Hickman's uh, set the lit the fire. And I think what they're doing is is, is really good. It's it, it's so good that it, it's prompting me to read them, and nice. that that's a big deal to me. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's see. Um, well, I definitely continue to enjoy the because there's just a trillion Batman books, but I really do enjoy um, in that world the obviously. Brian said Beyond Nightwing, but I, I enjoyed like the, the the White Knight stuff. We just got Beyond the White Knight number one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I've read all of those series. I think they've all been great. Uh, Teo Sclera did the last one, the Harley Quinn one, which was gorgeous. But really do like that little pocket universe that uh, Sean Murphy and his team have carved out. I'm down for that. Um, certainly all the Tom King minis continue to be great. You know, just we just wrapped a few of them up. Uh, Rorschach and uh, Strange Adventures, but uh, Human Target's been terrific, uh, which we're at the halfway point there, so that deserves a shout-out. Um, definitely still enjoying Harley Quinn. Um, I was off it after Jimmy and Amanda left, but then with 
the relaunch with Riley on the art. It's been fun, particularly seeing him draw that book for as long as he has. It's been great. Yeah. Um, I talked a lot uh, last week or two about Black Widow and and how I read the whole series uh, that week, and it's I think it's great. The latest issue just came out. It's on my top of my stack here. I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but it came out this week. Um, like Cliff Chang's Catwoman Lonely City has been great so far. So uh, you all know I've been repping hard, I think, pretty much in a vacuum for DC versus Vampires. Um, we're at the halfway point of that as well. I think that's just been awesome. And I really, really hope when the 12 issues are done, we get a hardcover of that because I will definitely buy that and uh, put it on the shelf because it's just been supremely entertaining to me. Um, uh, like I mentioned, uh, She-Hulk, uh, we're only three issues into that, but I think that's off to a rockingly good start and is definitely more niche on the Marvel side, um, I'm trying to think what else Marvel that, uh, I mean, certainly I, I guess people assume I like the X books. Um, I actually have read a bunch recently. I'm, maybe later we'll get into the specifics of those, but certainly I continue to enjoy those. Um, and, um, I, that's, that's all for now. If I think more, I'll go after that. Go ahead, Dan. Uh, well, I mean, I'll cheat because it's only been one issue so far, but World's Finest absolutely knocked my socks off. Um, there's uh, Dark Knights of Steel, which, of course, is, is a massive series. Uh, I'll echo you on Harley Quinn. Um, there's, uh, yeah, they're um, finishing up uh, Bendis' Justice League. Um, there's still, I mean, I, I do get... Um, I do get Captain Marvel. I do get Miles Morales. Uh, I'm not current on it, but I still, um, I'm still happy that uh, that they're out there, so I can finally sit down and just read them when 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 I have a chance. But um, no, there's there's um, there are a few things here and there, but yeah, they tend as you mentioned before about going back to the well. They're just they're the ones that are they're they're a comfy pair of jeans. I just I, I know what to expect, and and I don't mind spending time with with those books i i just um i i'll try something new from time to time but for the most part uh i tend to circle back to what i know works by who i know who's doing them and uh it just kind of kind of speaks to me but um but yeah there, there are a few there, there are definitely a couple out there that uh i was i i'm thanks to uh Wimmer, i've been reading um cantwell's iron man which Okay. It's weird. I mean, it, it, it's weird for me to say that, but yeah, I really thought that uh, the whole Tony and and Patsy Walker relationship is is kind of weird. But I think that um, oh, that I that's like, uh, yeah, that's featured in this new issue of She Hulk as well because they're Patsy and Jen are friends and they're chit chatting on the phone and Jen is is uh, side eyeing her with the Tony situation and <laughs> yes, Tony's I in the met. background of the of the of the room just kind of like looking salty like is she talking about me again? Yes, of course. Uh, but I, but I, I thought that, um, everything that, uh, the, the, the initial run of, of that, the initial arc of that run was, uh, was pretty entertaining because Tony was, um, kind of just trying to be a man of the people and, 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 uh, kind of getting rid of the, the fortune and, and just kind of, uh, going about it, um, as as Loki as he could, and and uh, makes a couple friends along the way, but then uh, the Korvac shows up to kind of mess things up. It's it it was I was really really 
happily surprised that uh, that I've been digging it as much as I have been. But uh, but yeah, and then and Ewing's Hall good wrapped up, and I still have to finish that. But that I, I, I know we were enjoying that. It, it's um so yeah, there, there are definitely things out there that we may not mention all that often, but uh, but they're still there. Yeah, I mean, two, two more because I was thinking about it on the Marvel side, uh, and I no surprise I'm I'm. A, I've turned into a huge Donny Cates market. He he's done very little wrong as as far as a writer's I can concern. But he, I've really enjoyed his Thor, mm-hmm. which I thought was very tough to follow. Aaron's seven year run I thought would be difficult, but I think he's done a nice job at that. And uh, and our we got to give our, love to our boy uh, for strange for Strange Academy. I realize we we haven't yes Dap and I continue to read it, and I don't know that we've yep. talked about the book in probably over a year, but uh, but I continue to read it on a regular basis, and I think it continues to be a lot of fun. So uh, I think we're what like sixteen seventeen issues in now. So yeah. Um, yeah, so that deserves some love too. You forgot one, Jason. What? Eternals. God damn! See, yes, there you go. You know why? Right. Because there's a case. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm caught up completely. So it's not in my queue here on my iPad that I'm looking at. So there you go. Yeah, you love Eternals. that book. Yeah. I do love that book. Yeah, love that book. Yeah. And, yeah, and and again, all the, I mean, a lot of the X books. Um, uh, but but uh, they're they're not all of them, but but a good chunk of them certainly. Marauders. Yep. Not one of them, actually. Oh, stop. Well, no, no see, the, you're, you're reboot, behind now. The, the like, relaunch, yeah. Yeah, the, 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 like, the, there's, they just relaunched number one this week, and it's, uh, you know, it's by uh, Orlando, and I, you know, I, I, yeah. I think, I think uh, someone else on the Slack put it correctly today, like, I really want to root for Orlando's books. Yeah, that was like, Newberry, yeah. I, I want to, I, I want to love looks them. looks great. The yeah, I want to love great, but, yeah. I've met him, at, we met him at a, at a con a year or two ago, he's a very nice guy, I, like I have nothing bad to say about him, but I I got to keep it 100 for our our people, our listeners. I I just don't connect with his books generally. I I don't, uh, and it, it's probably a me thing, but I just generally speaking, he doesn't float my boat. So, okay, well, why don't one of you guys pick one? Tim M. Look at asks, you! You had it queued up, Meekins. What comic conventions outside of the U.S. would Ooh. you like to go to? And oh. I know, I know, we're, I mean, Thought Bubble, <sighs> absolutely. But there's, there's, there's the one in Italy that Jason would love to take us to, Lake Cuomo. Well, so, I was going to say, yeah, so there's, two, there's, there's two, there's two in Italy. Luca would be the, the, the right, standing. Okay, there's one. Yeah. And Luca is, is cool because, and again, in this world, it's like if we ever, Vince was making fun of the lottery earlier, if, if, if I ever won the Powerball, uh, we would absolutely go to Luca because it's it's that as I understand it is they turn the entire beautiful old city of Luca uh, into a not just comic but a, basically an art convention and it's just got tons of of comics and books and 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 other creators just open air just sounds like a blast but yes the the, the what you're talking about is a basically a new thing it's it's uh, this is only the um, third installment uh it, it i think chronologically it's the fifth year because they had to skip two years for covid but oh, right. uh the lake como comic art festival which is actually next month so uh if anyone feels like you know sugar daddying us and surprising us we're <laughs> I, I, my passport is up to date but uh that is that has well the, after the first year it, it has turned into the um you know, p- people like to joke about me being a baller with the original art. Like, I certainly am a player, 
but I'm not like a player. And and Lake Como is for the players. Like that is this this would not be a con for us, Vince. There's no back issues to Bendai. No, no, this what? is purely a comic yeah. art. And it is on a beautiful Villa Urba. It's this beautiful. Oh, yawn. Te- no, no, yeah, you wouldn't like this. No, you would hate this. This is, but this is a. Uh, it's this gorgeous estate in 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 Italy on Lake Como, and it's uh, it is all the like super impossible to get most sought after artists in the world all show up, and it's a expensive, kind of a exclusive con where uh similar like the way that morrison con was where they 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 capped the attendance so literally you can walk up to a table it's like an artist alley but you can walk up to mark brooks or jim lee or alan davis and say hey can you can you draw me a wolverine can you can you draw me a batman and they're like sure like that's what it's set up to be and you have to pay out the ass to, for for that because obviously yeah. it has to be worth their while but but like that's the deal so people come back and they're like oh look at my 10 commissions i got and it's like fucking dan Klaus Klaus fucking you know harley quinn and like a jim lee freaking you know deathstroke and you're like uh what and and that's what this is set up to to be so nice yeah and we got to go to tokyo but i don't know what yeah are up there. uh i would love to go to tokyo i would really like to go to angoulême Yes. Angoulême would be the other one for sure. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And um, I don't even know if there is one, but there should be. So I'm going to invent one. If there's a duck convention, duck con or something, there should oh, be yeah. a, a duck convention. Um, I would definitely go. Nice. Yep. Who's guest of honor this year? Uh, Don Rosa. <laughs> Duh. Yeah. Would be fun. We How have about any, you, Dan? Any others outside the U.S.? I mean, Thought Bubble for uh, Wales sure. Wales just had one this past weekend, or two weekends ago. Uh, that looked fun. Um, Did you say Wales? Yeah. That's Jason's favorite place on the planet. It, it, it should be right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't... Uh, I'm not sure about any that, uh, that would also be in Asia. Um, Asia. Well, Tokyo Comic Con is the one that I mean I think would be the most likely one because because it'd be in Tokyo which is where we'd love to go yep. hell yeah yep 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 I have an easy one that we can have some fun with who who asked this question oh Chris uh, walk through the list of book of the month nominees that you know you'll never mm, pick that's good yeah, yeah that's good yeah so I don't think we should read them all I, no. I I'll just go on the list and 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 uh, strike away the ones that I would never want to read. In some cases, again. Um, And let's see what we have here. Uh, Well, Not Away is never going to get read read again. Because I read it once, and that was one times too many. Wait, what is that? Not Away. Oh, Not Away, Josh Cotter. Josh Cotter, yeah. Yeah, It just didn't click. Uh, there's not a whole lot. I would love to read a l- most of these. Uh, Ultimate Spider-Man Volume 1, nope. Wouldn't want, <laughs> wouldn't want to read that again. Uh, I see Department of Truth on here for you, Vince. I don't know. I'm open to reading that. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at you growing up. Yeah, yeah. I have zero interest in reading Kabuki. It's on the list? Kabuki? Yes, it is. Yeah. Oh, okay, add that to mine. <laughs> I, I've... I'm in no rush to ever read the uh, Grant Morrison Marvel Boy miniseries again. 
Yeah, that's true. That would be an again. I'm with you there. Um, no disrespect to our old co-host, but but it would be a painful experience trying to get me to to, to read more Luther Arkwright. Oh, stop! It's very good. <laughs> I did not enjoy what I read I, of it. I thought Queen and Country was on this list. In which case, I would have agreed with you because that was a, <laughs> the one no, Queen and Country. That I it was a yeah. real struggle for me. Real struggle. Uh, uh, I have another one. Mm-hmm. What you got? The Big Book of Barry Ween. Nope. Mm-hmm. Not not going to read that. Um, looking at the list, Mech Cadet U, I mean, I, I read it, first of all, so it'd be a reread, yeah. and it was not very memorable to me, so I'm surprised to see that on here. Um, I'm, I was, well, I'm never surprised by, by, by what people throw out there, but I, I don't know how... I, no, that's not true. I mean, I, I'm going to reread it again soon because oh, okay. it's been a minute. But uh, no, 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 not not making it at you. But I'm uh, oh, oh. Un- un- understanding comics. I'm a little. I don't know. Oh, if we, right. I mean, I, I don't know what kind of preparation we would have to. Do. It, it, we, we couldn't just read it and then just discuss it. I mean, it, it kind of would have to be a class or something. Mm-hmm. It's weird to have a book like that as a book of the month. I, I, I we, I think we can all appreciate it. Sure. Yeah. And I absolutely adore it. And. I, I have my Tundra Press first printing here, and I have a reprint that I can reread, but I don't know how well it would work for a book of the month. I, I am shocked that Vincent throughout uh, God Loves Man Kills because you make fun of that all the time. <laughs> yeah, just because you guys like it. I don't dislike it. Yeah, I, I just, would reread that every year. No, me. I just like, like being an asshole. Of, I would re- reread that every year. So Yeah, it's a good book. I have to now. That being said, like we're we are the three of us are currently as we are we are looking at a list of y'all submissions from January through March, and there are I didn't count them up, but there's probably like what a hundred or so, maybe yeah. More. And I got to tell and you, I got rid of it. Yeah, okay, go ahead. I was going to say no. I got to tell you, like kudos to y'all because most of them, even I mean, probably half I've read already, half I haven't, but most of them I'm like, yeah, I would like if you guys wanted to do it, I'd do it. Like there's there's nice. not a lot here that I'm just like, oh no. Nah. One of these books you're going to hear about in a little bit. Look dun, at dun, that. Dun. Yep. Um, I I was just going to say, Ghost World, probably not. Oh, like, we need to correct that. It's a, <laughs> no, I've read it. I've read it. I'm I, saying I don't I, know that I'm going to read it. Okay. It's, a, it's iconic. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> stupid word. It's a real I mean, comic. there are some things on here that we have discussed recently, like Rain Like Hammers. Well, I was going to say, right, there are things on here I wouldn't, like, if we were saying, hey, let's pick a book for next month, I would, right. there were a lot of these I'd say no to just because, right, we've read them recently enough, or at least I have read them recently enough that I don't feel like I'd bring much energy to the, discuss- the discussion. But in as much as that we're going to be around, God's forbid, doing this for a lot longer, I could definitely see talking about a bunch of these books again. And while we have everybody here, here's a mm-hmm. reminder that if you go to the Patreon website, there is the link for April's book of the month suggestion. So get on it. We're, we're, we're sitting at about um, not quite two dozen suggestions. Um, we haven't closed it yet. We'll close it uh, maybe this weekend. Before we'll, we'll, have it, we'll have it closed by next episode so we can announce what the winner will be. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Get get on it, and there are a couple here that uh, we already discussed that uh, we won't be we won't be reading his book of the month. But you know, yeah, if you voted for one of those, your... you change it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah no disrespect to your suggestions. I mean, it's not like right, you, right. Everyone's worthy. It's just you know, 
listen, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. I'm glad you, you decided to like, mm. throw it out there. And it, it, what's the worst that's going to happen? We're not going to read it. That's fine. Try again next month. Yep. Anything else you want to tackle before we uh, do the same old stuff? What do we got? Uh, were there any more? Uh, uh, well, I don't know if you're if if this is going to. Uh, this is probably before we did the main start to the show, but Chavez asked what tunes we have playing, and you were both like none ever, none ever, and that ever, baffles no. me. Uh, I don't I listen to none. music all the time when I read, but it's just whatever I have on. It's I don't have a, like a soundtrack for comics reading. I would like to do this question because I think okay. it's phenomenal. Uh, Ian McCurtis asks, who are some writers and or artists, alive or dead, that never worked in comics, but mm-hmm. you would have liked to have seen them take a stab at the medium? And the, the, the artist that immediately pops into my mind is Andy Warhol. Um, Interesting. But uh, Andy would not, I'm, I'm certain, Andy would not be reluctant to duplicate panels, so I'd probably hate the book. You know, the the old same mm-hmm. panel thing. Andy would love that because there's joy in repetition. It, images. Um, <laughs> I, I, again, I, I I would say David Lynch, but he already did comics, so he doesn't apply. Uh, there's a ton. I, I would love to see a bazillion different. H.R. Uh, Giger would love to see what he would have done with comics. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, the one that immediately comes to mind, I mean, I have a tattoo of it, obviously, is Douglas Adams, you know, Hitchhike. I mean, I would love to have seen, given his his mentality, you know, I think he would have been a great comic book storyteller. Um, didn't happen, obviously, he passed away way yeah. too young. You know, he was 6'5", by the way. Wow, that's your size. No, nah, taller than me, 6'5". I'm 6'3". Hmm. But uh, anyway, but yeah, so that, I mean, that would be great. Like, I mean... Um, when I think about like my other favorite authors, I don't know that like I'm clamoring for a Herman Melville comic. I don't like I I don't think Cormac McCarthy comics would be all that fun. He'd probably hate it, <laughs> so I'm not looking for that. Um, like Stephen King technically has done comics because he 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 did the first arc of American Vampire, uh, so yeah. So technically, he's already done comics. Yep. Same thing with Clyde Barker. I mean, yeah, yep. there's and as I, was Asimov's. Did, did, was anything from Tecmo Comics ever adapted from him? Directly? I don't think so. Okay, because I don't know if he did anything in comics or if they just borrowed. Yeah, like um, just just because it said Leonard Nimoy's Primordials <laughs> or whatever, it doesn't mean he wrote it. <laughs> well, you've shot his tech world. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, have, I, would to, I, mean, I would love to have seen Spielberg do, do, do some comics. Like, he's, you know, he was always had that just grand adventure you know like yeah. i'm sure he could have done some fun comics yeah add those to the book of the month that i would never ever read oh, tech wow world. not not a spielberg comic no oh damn. What was okay, dude. oh J, uh, david i had a friend actually was the best man at my wedding who adored the tech world books and wow. he's like he's like my man you got to read these <laughs> no <Nah. laughs> I'm good. No, you don't. I'm really no, good. You really don't. Yeah, he's like, oh, the intrigue. It's, I they're amazing. It's, I, 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 I read them so you don't have to. No. It's, it's fine. <laughs> Freaking tech world. Uh, I'm going to ask you off uh, air what this uh, Strange New Worlds is uh, because I'm confused. 
But Why? We, oh, we, we, we can get to it. We can get to it after after this. Okay. All right. Is it an Elseworlds? Like, is no. it? It's no. not. It's, it's it's before it's it's the Enterprise under Pike. It's it's before it's still before Kirk became Captain. Oh, so it's Pike. Yes. Oh, then that makes it. I thought it was Kirk. That makes it cl- very yeah. clear to me. Then, got it. Okay, easy peasy. I understand yeah. now. Before Pike got all crippled and shit. Did you? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's it's exactly it's because it's the spinoff of Discovery because he 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 was in the second season of Discovery, captaining that ship, and um, and oh, so okay. now this is so he's back on the Enterprise. He's got his number one. He's got Spock. Yahura's there as an ensign. Um, Trailer they, looks they, great. Yeah, they they set up the cast. It looks amazing. Pike's hair is Ensign Mount's hair is massive. It, it, he looks fantastic. He does look really um, good. Did you see? the teaser for even though we're halfway through the second season of Picard, have you seen the teaser for the third season of Picard? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, where the fuck is Wesley? I'm not watching this shit. There's no Wesley traveler. No, he's, he's Wesley. It's weird because Wesley was kind of written off on the show, but yet he was there at Riker and Troy's wedding at the beginning of nemesis. Gotcha. I don't think he had a speaking part, but he was there at the dais. Next see what, mom. Jason, you see what I did? Mm. You did. Yep. You did. No, I'm, yeah, I, I, I'm more interested in watching uh, Seven of Nine run around looking great. Yes. In, yes, in season two. Yeah. Yeah. No, so. and that's, and it, I've, I've absolutely adored the season of Picard, but the, uh, but what's weird is as I'm in the kitchen, I'm doing whatever I have been going through the, um, the movies. I started with, uh, uh, the Undiscovered Country, and then I, unfortunately, yeah, I, I watched Generations, and I finally watched First Contact straight through. I've always only seen it in bits and pieces, um, and I I watched Insurrection, which is still horrible, and then um, oh yeah, and I'm 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 making my way through Nemesis now because I I've only seen that once, but um, yeah, wait, is I, it, is Insurrection the Malcolm McDowell one? No, what? that's that's generations. That oh yeah, generations. Generations blows. It's it's, it's a horrible, yes. horrible movie. Yeah, with the ribbon and the nexus and and and. Yeah, no, we're gonna like... fire at the sun. Okay, it's there. Like, <laughs> do you not factor into the, the distance? And the, like, it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> Insurrection is uh, F. Murray Abraham and the skin stretching with the young. Oh her. right, 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 yeah. right, right. Okay, cool. That was fun. That was fun. That was fun. That was fun. Thanks for the questions, folks. Yes. Um, good people. So, I mean, if you're new to the show, this we is not... Comics. We do, but this is not usually how we do it. Um, we like to mix it up. Uh, thank to our patrons. They they did just that. They gave us a bunch of questions, and I hope we've done them justice. But I want to talk about something. What you want to talk about? Pound for pound, if you stacked up all of the comics I read for this episode, I would guess it's around 1,600 pages. That's a, wow. lo- that's a lot of comics. But the books are not many. They are few. Because the, the book I want to talk about, geez, it must be at least 850 pages. I read... From Seven Seas Publishing, they are turned into a force to be reckoned with. I read the Common Rider, the classic collection, which was written 
and illustrated by Shotaro Ishinomori. Do you know who Mr. Ishinomori is, Depp? I feel like I should. Yeah, you do. You definitely have at least one book in your collection that he both wrote and drew. Ishinomori is responsible for Skullman. Uh, that's the character common Rider kind of springs out of. Um, Cyborg 009, Ninja Arashi, Kickator, and Azuman. Like he is, Ishinomori is a big deal. Uh, everybody likes to throw Miyazaki and all the, all, all the, the big names around. Ishinomori should be like, if there was a Mount Everest for, not Mount Everest, you know what I'm talking about, for um, Mangaka, Ishinomori should be on it. Because you have the Himitsu Sentai Goringer book in your collection. The the Super Sentai book. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes I do. That's, yes. that's Ishinomori. Son of a bitch. Okay. Right. So this stuff uh, was originally published in 1971, not coincidentally the same year as the first episode of the long-running live-action Kamen Rider series. So there was a, a very uh, tightly arranged uh, confluence of art forms, right? So... This book is very strange because it's a case of art influencing... No, spin it. It's a case of life influencing art and a little bit of the the inverse. Because uh, the the story, at least initially, centers around uh, a young man named uh, Takashi Hongo. And he's a... Uh, he's a big brain. He's a biologist... Um, a pretty good mechanical engineer, too. And he's kidnapped by this terrorist organization known as Shocker. you got to put that in all caps when you write it. Shocker, mm-hmm. right? So she said. And so they have him. They, they've augmented him with cybernetic parts. And they're, they're trying to transform him into a super agent of evil, right? But, and it's thanks to a little bit of friendly sabotage, by this Professor Midori Kama. This guy was abducted by Shocker, and uh, he's very intelligent, very smart, presumed dead by everybody who knew him, and they're they're forcing him to do their nefarious business. But he says, fuck this. This kid is is good. He's got a good soul. I'm going to help him out. And he sabotages this generator. So they're they're working on uh, Takeshi, and they're, he's, he's outfitted, they've operated on him, he's outfitted with cybernetic parts. He's superhuman, but the the most important organ, his brain, they didn't get to because the generator went tits up. So he escapes and he devotes his, he, he devotes his remaining days to taking down this evil shocker organization. That's basically the rub of the first half of the book <laughs> because... Now, remember, the, the live-action TV series is going on at the same time. And uh, uh, Takeshi it was played by a, an actor, stuntman, named Hiroshi Fujioka. And so during the filming of uh, one of the episodes, because Hiroshi did his own stunts, now you know Kamen Rider rides a motorcycle, the, cy- the, the cyclone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Hiroshi got into an accident. 
and broke both his legs. So their leading man was out of the picture. So they brought in Takashi Sasaki to play Common Rider. He's known in fan circles as Common Rider 2, right? So there was a bit of a, a bewitched switch going on, right? The manga reflects that because halfway through the book, Takeshi's killed. There's a damn gra- R.I.P. Takeshi. Yeah, no. There's a great story called the Thirteen Common Riders. Uh, Shocker uh, creates thirteen cyborg assassins and send them out. Sends them out to kill Takeshi, and th- they have a, a, a an undercover dude. Um, this this man uh, Hayato Ichimonji doesn't right. Uh, he snuggles up to Professor Midorikama's daughter, and she brings him to Takeshi's house. And this guy's an undercover agent for Shocker, and he's trying to kill Takeshi. But Takeshi gets killed, and then uh, Hayato has a, ch- a change of faith. He he's like, "Wait a minute, I'm doing the wrong thing. This is terrible. This this guy just got killed by this organization I'm working for. What the hell?" And so. Hayato becomes Common Rider, but the cool thing about it is they saved Takeshi's brain. They revived his brain. So it's actually like a buddy book after the midpoint because Takeshi is a brain in a giant fishbowl. And he directs and assists Hayato on missions like remotely. It's nuts. So the the it it's not a bait and switch. It was a necessity being the mother of invention. Your leading man in your TV show can no longer do it for a period. Mm-hmm. So we gotta flip it up. And they they had the manga reflect that fact. It wasn't exactly it wasn't anywhere near that way in the, the TV show. But the if someone was watching the show and they knew Hayato as Common Rider, and they picked up the manga, and it's Takeshi. They'd be like, "What is this? I don't. Mm. This is not what I'm watching." So it, it's a kind of neat little um, way to make lemonade, right? But um, the thing that originally, as I was rereading this stuff, I, I have some of the originals, but I, you know, like I couldn't read them because they're in Japanese. So a, as I was looking at them again, being able to read them this time. It struck me that here, here's your recipe. You have Tekashi. He's an orphan. Mom and dad died, left him a sizable fortune. Uh, a great deal of money that was um, in the care of an old man named Tubi, or Toby, whichever way you want to say it. And uh, what he did with that money is he built, or he had a super lab the best computers money can buy, all the latest gadgets built for Tekashi. What does that sound like to you? Batman. Yeah, it sounds exactly like Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, it, 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 um, the Batman rides around in the Batmobile. Uh, Tekashi has the Cyclone. And he, on a, on a dime, he can create this gadget that will aid him in his... Uh, quest to take out shocker and and it's the same as for uh hayato he uses the lab too so it's the japanese batman 
it's awesome. And uh, the villains, let me get the book right here. It's a monster tome. You can kill somebody with this thing. (laughs) The villains are great, and I have almost all of them. There was a series of of action figures uh, in the G.I. Joe mold, not the the ones you like, the original. Oh, uh, like the the Barbie doll size ones? Yes, the original G.I. Joe's. You can remove the clothing, and it's not whack at all. Uh, there, there was, uh, I think there still is, a line of uh, figures called R.A.H., Real Action Hero. And as I'm going through this book, I'm like, I got that one. I have this one. I have this one. Like, I have a pretty sizable collection of these R.A.H., Common Rider, villain figures. There's a, a man spider who's exactly what he sounds like. <laughs> and uh, my f- favorite is the man bat no relation to uh kurt uh but there's a cobra man there's a sea demon and uh this is uh, i guess we call it deconstructed um storytelling right uh where the passage of time is extremely stretched out the fight scenes in this are wonderfully paced because it's not like a two-page thing some of these fights go on for like 10 pages and it's basically just people throwing punches around and you think like whoa that sounds kind of boring to me but it's not it is amazingly rendered by ishinomori like you you'll get a whole page of common rider on the cyclone just like screaming across the ground and then he sees the man bat and um engages and then the man bat would be attacking him in a double page spread and then the next one is a punch being thrown like maybe two three panels per page on some of these things but uh my favorite panel is uh common writer just rips the wings right off the man bat and for 1971 these are pretty violent pretty violent mm-hmm. but uh the, one of the hooks that i didn't mention is that there's a a, a greenpeace type angle to uh common writer like he derives part of his power and his inspiration from nature like he wants to preserve the planet and so there's a lot of ecological uh, uh, captain planet uh, not really but there, there's a, <laughs> there, there's a, a an ecology angle to exactly. this uh maintaining the planet treating the planet right there's constant me- mention of, of factories belching smoke into the sky and polluting the water and so so it's pretty uh yeah, the, the themes are pretty universal in this book. I just, I had such a great time with this that... You can uh, hear it in your voice. You can hear the energy. Well, for 850 pages, mm-hmm. if, if it was a lesser, something that didn't attract me, uh, full disclosure, I have been and will always be a, a, a colossal common writer mark. Like, sure. Yeah. That's true. So if I weighed all of the plastic in my home that's common Rider related, I'd have, uh, well, more material than used to make David's codpiece. So let's just put it that way. <laughs> A lot. Heroes is going to be lit. Yeah. Litty. <laughs> so, I mean, if you are looking for a damn good time, just no holds barred, open the windows, it's springtime, I'm going to have some fun. You know, reading this glorious—it's a battle manga. It's just fights, 
strung with the thinnest of narrative. So what? It's it's just so gloriously uh, illustrated that you just can't hope for more. There is one thing, one tiny thing that I wish this collection had. 850 pages, mm-hmm. and there's no historical data at all. Huh. Nothing. Uh, this stuff was published in the pages of blank, and these are some of the behind-the-scenes things involved in the making of the books. And the reception was, like, none of that. I would just like some some data along with these wonderful, wonderful strips. It, I mean, if it was a Fantagraphics book, it would you know it would have the data, right? Because you, you, you need to flesh out the art, right? And time, place, circumstances. I need that. Normally, I wouldn't care, but when something so near and dear to my heart, like Common Rider, I find it a little bit of a shortcoming with this book. But that's mm-hmm. the only thing. Uh, the The material included is just just the pulse that drives my heart. Yeah, Common Rider, the classic collection, Seven Seas, Shotaro, Ishinomori. I think it's thirty some dollars. Thirty-two ninety-nine, but it's a hardcover and spot varnish. It's so worth it. It's ridiculous. You can get it for cheaper elsewhere. Great storytelling, phenomenal. Right yeah, it's it's just wonderful. And he does all his signature moves too. Rider kick, rider punch. He does them all. He, and he's so thankful. The villains are so thankful that he's announced what move he's going to use, so they can take the the pains to to block accordingly <laughs> i'm gonna I guess punch. you could say this was an uncommon value it's yes uncommon i got it go get it <laughs> yeah you'll thank me this is like the, you know what see here's the here's the problem i read this i had it on my shelf and didn't get around to it to read it until this past weekend and if i had read this oh before the beginning of the year Oh. Some things would have been a little different. Well, no, because it wouldn't have been from that year. It yeah. wouldn't have been eligible. Yeah, it came out. I don't. I think it came out twenty twenty one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I so, thought this was something from like book off, and you just had it sitting on your shelf. Oh, it's Seven Seas, my man. Okay. Okay. Yeah, let me see when this was published. I want to see the indicia says twenty twenty one December. Okay. So yeah, it would have yeah. it would have applied. Should have got off the pot, Vincent. My father used to say that all the time. (laughs) I think everybody's parents did. Yeah. I wanted to Uh, use the Common Rider theme song uh, with this episode, but I don't want to get bounced by... uh, No, I can't have that. I know. Especially after all the questions we answer, we need people to hear this. Yep. What else we got? So, um, I am on record after reading... um, what if they were? What if we were? And then immediately ordering Cam Spirit uh, and subscribing to her Patreon. I am a hardcore Axel Lenoir fan from here on out. It's anything, anything she does, I am there for. And um, when signing up and becoming a patron, uh, She'll give the subscribers uh, updates to a more or less autobiographical 
graphic novel that um, just came out, and, and it's something that I've been waiting for. Uh, so Secret Passages, 1985 to 1986, is the first volume in this story because I um, I asked her if that if we're getting more because if this is supposed to be a, a, a telling of our life, you know, can't just have this one year and and be done with it. So so there is more coming. Uh, and and uh, but next is what if we were volume two? So so that's coming next, and then um, she'll go back to working on more secret passages. But this. This is, there are things that I talk about, I talk to you guys about, I'll, I'll, I'll mention to the listeners that I think they might enjoy or things that I'm enjoying that I just want to share. This is, this is one of those things that, um, that I really, really, really want people to read. This is, this is a book that I know that it had to be cathartic to Excel. There, there's, there's a. Uh, she, she's. The story is about her. The book is about her when, when she's about uh, six years old. Her older brother David and her younger brother Tonio, and um, and it's basically about her first year at school, and um, and and she thinks her parents are aliens, but um, we kind of get we get a lot of axel as a young child but then we'll get some pieces of um she'll draw herself uh in the present day or 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 kind of like just filling in the gaps and moving the story along but um but if if you are if if you or you know someone who who's anxious, who's troubled, who has like crippling anxiety or, or, or fear. Uh, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's addressed or, or, or she's telling you how to deal with it. This is how she dealt with it. And it's, it's extremely personable. And, and it's, um, there's, there are some moments where you just chuckle and, and, but if you actually kind of just examine it, there's, there's some things in here where obviously, you know, you kind of just would know things that, when we were kids, and I'm specifically speaking to the three of us because we're all in in our late 40s, early 50s, that, that when we were younger, um, you know, nowadays, you're you, anything. It's it's easier to diagnose whether it's you know ADHD or um, some sort of. Uh, disorder dissociative disorder there are things that the science and the doctors they're they, they've come a long way in in being able to be mindful and and be aware of 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 certain situations and 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 how to deal with it and whether that's you know however it's dealt with but um but you know in hindsight you look back and on on someone's childhood and and it's like okay yeah they were they had this and it just, but it wasn't, you don't know how to deal with it back then. But, uh, Axel has a very active imagination and, um, and it, it's just, it's, it's basically, it's, it's a monochromatic book. It, it, it's, it's a lot of blue, a lot of blue hues, uh, that there are, there's names have been changed to, 
protect the the innocent it's johnny star slayer instead of luke skywalker uh there's um they're, they're they're watching they're not watching the flintstones uh before school they're they're um they're watching uh it, it's um not the uh i'm gonna screw that up but I, I, there's just there's there's some changes made but obviously you know that they're, they're they don't want to they don't want to give you the lyrics to thriller so they're modifying because they're kids and they're making up their own lyrics is but but obviously the beats are there so you know what song they're singing and uh anything that, that you know caused um any fear in axel's life like the forest in the backyard of of their house um she had to face her fears there and and she and david were walking through the forest one one day and uh she thought she saw a ghost and and her father just trying to explain, you know, maybe it was just cloth or a tarp or something that a camper left behind. And, and, and it's just, you know, it's just your imagination, but you know, obviously your imagination gets away with it, but she's, she's had, to, and, and she's also had to deal with being a very tall little girl so much so that her mother was embarrassed because it, people would ask or would wonder if Axel was left behind a couple of grades because she's so much bigger than, than the other students. And, um, and and so she's like you know six foot something at now, but it it's you know so so she's just she's explaining everything that uh, she's had to deal with at a very young age, and it's you know it, obviously I don't know what it's like to be a little girl, but she she does a great job of making you understand what you've gone through, and and as much as I loved what if we were, as as much as I enjoyed. Camp Spirit. Both books are absolutely amazing, and they're and they're so different than this. This is, this is just something that um, I know we've over the years we we we've you know, the blankets has come up, and, and and we've talked about other works that creators have, uh, even Robinson's things. There, there's there's just books that we've read that we know were autobiographical in some way, shape, or form. But this is uh, this is something I've been waiting for because I am a fan of her work. Um, and it's it's definitely something that uh, I hope that other people would try. Um, it's there's it's it's there are parts of it where for the most part it's kind of a straight through how Axel is is, is growing up and 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 dealing with school, but it does kind of jump around a bit. We get into um, we 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 get into. Axel's head here and there. There's one moment where she's uh, where I thought of Vince because there's a uh, there's a section where she's falling um, and she's uh, she's talking about how she's and she's talking to the reader uh, throughout the book a lot and and how she would have what she wanted to do but she only had so many pages and she wasn't going to go through all that and she didn't want to show her worst nightmare, but uh, she's like, in the original version of this scene, I was going to show you my worst nightmare. I'm talking 45 pages of psychedelic night terrors, so harrowing you'd be tempted to think it was the demon spawn of a King Crimson record, a strobe light, and 2001 Space Odyssey. I mean, she she knows, wow. she knows her audience, and she knows exactly what she, even if she's not drawing it, her words are definitely 
painting the picture but she 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 uh she puts on a puppet show to kind of explain uh what uh what some of her fears were there's there's a whole there's a double page spread of of the um of their area of their home in the forest and uh it's very family circusy in that regard but uh you know her, her brother picks on her because he's older um tonio is friends with a demon and and he uh which, which we can't see but um tonio just seems a little uh he's very extreme and and it's it's just it really is a it was one of the it was the first thing i uh as soon as I saw it from um, from Top Shelf in the IDW section, it was on the order form. I couldn't wait for it. I've been dying to get my hands on it. It was in the box that came a week or so ago, and it was the first thing that I read from it. And um, and I just I, I consumed it over the, the over Saturday and into Sunday. And and it's it's it is absolutely one of my favorite things. And um, and I just I really 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 hope. People will um, will give it a chance. I, I just um, I, I I don't push things often. I, I, I may recommend things. I may say you know this is what I enjoyed, but this is something that I really, really, really hope people can can get their hands on and read. It'll be here on Friday, dog. Oh, sweet. Now, one thing I so like hearing you talk about it, and the passion yep. came through, but. I'm like the solicit for this contends it's 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 a it's a made up autobiography, kind of like Charlie Chan, like 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 Hop Chi, like right. Like she says, a uh, welcome to an autobiography from another dimension. A wildly inventive cartoonist begins her imaginary memoir exploring the girlhood she never had. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember that solicit. I know that basically the book is is uh, it, it's kind of. She wants to tell the story about um, her cosmic twin, and the cosmic twin kind of appears at the end of this book. Um, but I think I, I, I'm pretty sure there's some exaggeration here, and there's and 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 there are things that um, she's maybe um, embellishing or 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 tiptoeing around. I speaking with her, um, commenting on it after I read it on, on, on her Patreon, you know, it's, it just, it was one of those things where I felt, um, it, what she, 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 um, when I told her my thoughts on it, um, it's, it, yeah, I don't, basically I'm saying, I don't remember really that solicit. I think that, um, now I kind of have to. I'm not trying. I don't want to ask her where, you know, real life kind of deviation. Sure, sure. But, um, but yeah, I'm I'm sure it is. There are some things that uh, that may not have, um, actually happened. But it it's it's a uh, knowing that from from what I understand from what she's replied to me based on the feedback um it has given her the um 
give oh, not the urge, but but it, it it's it's helped her want to continue the story. So so <laughs> it's um because it hasn't it it's it's been out. Right, this is only two years of her life, right? Or, th- or a life. Of yeah, a year and change. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, it, and it and that's and that's just of it is that you know she she's going. What I got from early on was that you know we're gonna we're gonna talk about my life from there to now, and I'm like, well, that that, that this is. I don't know how many books we're looking at, but I mean. I don't know if, if we're going to get jumps, but this was basically just the first year of school and, and everything she was dealing with there. But um, so so the, the stuff about school, maybe her teacher, maybe the people that, that, that she would beat up in dodgeball, that may be a little on the, um, the made up side. But as far as uh, the the crippling fear and, and the things that she dealt with, that's that's probably on the more truthful side. Right, right. Yeah, but uh, uh, uh partly fictional autobiography written by the subject of said autobiography is still autobiographical oh definitely yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah, i mean sure. we we all have a story and Absolutely. how yeah. many of those stories that we we uh, encounter are 100 percent factual mm-hmm. right it still gives you insight into the person being uh detailed within the narrative so yeah i think that's 100 percent valid mm-hmm. and this also should should serve for our listeners as a uh example number 1000 of how dap is vince's favorite because if i were to bring up a lgbtq coming of age autobiography comic on the show vince would have even, given at I, least five uh, here we go. We're all yeah, so great. Little, that's little not what I led with. I've been I, didn't, on, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't say. Been on this damn here. ride before. <laughs> exactly. So, I But see no, see, goes. he got Duly my attention. Noted. He Duly noted. He captured my attention by mentioning King Crimson. That's right. And mm-hmm. you don't mess with King Crimson. And I took, I, I, I purposely took, I mean, it's, I, I don't have a scan of the page. I took a photo of the page because I wanted to show it to you, but I wanted to talk about it first. But, um, I don't think it, it'll make for a um, an image in the gallery, but there were there were a couple of moments where I absolutely had to um, had to just stop and take in what um, there was another page, but uh, but no, this was um, the other page was oh that's it. There's a um, there's an there's a gorgeous page where uh, she does a Q and A from um, from her patrons. And um, there's a uh, if you were if you could be any element on the periodic table, which one would it be? And um, Axel's answer is uh, it wouldn't be just one. It would be group of elements and it's the metals. And it is an awesome image, which I will send to you, Vince. But, um, yeah, I just she's and and what's great is uh, she can her style is I mean, it's, it's a very cartoony and that's not meant to be derogatory it's a cart the main story is very cartoony but there are uh there are some pages some panels where there's there's a lot of detail and the style changes and and um yeah I, she, she's extremely um creative and talented and i wish she wasn't digital because i would love a commission nice i i would be a noble gas I don't know which one. Yeah, you would. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't care which one. I just on the noble. Or the yeah, gas? for the purpose of saying I'm not just gas. I'm a noble gas. Mm-hmm. 
peasants. Jason, what do you have? Man, I almost feel like like I shouldn't go because the 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 energy and joy with which you both just brought these books. I, I don't know that I can match it this month, this week. Hmm. Not because I didn't enjoy what I read, but like it was all like good. It wasn't like oh my god, I can't. You know what I'm saying? You know, some yeah. some weeks you're some weeks you got like five things. You're like oh my god, I got to talk about all these things. I don't have the time. And other times, like, no, it was it was a good week, but like that's how it was for me this week. I mean, um, well, first of all, I have to say, and I'll and I don't want to talk about it in great detail because I mistook I mistakenly. So we all talked about refrigerator full of heads number one. We all enjoyed it, Tom Fowler on art. And then I thought, oh, you know, I'll just wait for these to finish this series to finish up and read it. I thought it was a five issue series, so I sat down this week and read two through five, and then I'm like, oh, there's another issue. So 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 I want to hold off on talking about that until it finishes up. Um, I did reference uh, early in the show that I had a a, a, a reflection about uh, age and, and how consuming things, particularly works of fiction, is definitely shaped in some ways by where you are in your life at the time. Totally. And, and yeah, and so um, and and the reason I brought that up is because I was struck by that reading Rogues number one uh, this week. Um, I know it was. Uh, a very popular book uh, when it came out last week with our patrons. They were all big fans of it, but it, it's written by Joshua Williamson who had a very long run with the, uh, with flash. So he certainly knows rogues rogues were referring to, uh, for those that don't know uh, the, the flash villains or, or the rogues um, with art by Leo Max, which kind of serendipity, right? Was the artist that we were first that drew the first, uh, uh, Basketful of Heads series, um, and uh, and is, I hadn't seen do any comics since since then. So, Leo Max is the artist on Rogues, and the first issue came out. And I, I um, you know, I am not as you guys know, I'm not a particular uh, like Flash reader. I've read very few Flash comics. Um, not that I dislike the character; it's just not a character that I've ever really dug into in any great way. Um, but I was intrigued by Leo Max on art in a DC book. And then uh, a few folks who know me well said, this is a getting the band together book. And you know that, then you have me, you had me at hello. So I'm like, all right, let me see what this is about. And it was, I thought it was very good. I I, I really enjoyed it. The, the premise though is a relatively simple one. It's a black label book, first of all. So I don't, I don't think it's in quote unquote mainstream continuity. Um, but the flash rogues are old now they're they're old um I, I i don't know that they say their specific age but i'd say like uh captain cold is probably in his late 50s early 60s from the look of him he's pretty much completely bald what he, what harry has is white he has thick glasses so he's, he's definitely getting up there um and the premise here is that uh he is basically living a mundane life he's subject to random piss tests and parole officer comes and visits him a lot. And he's working as a, uh, as he works inside of a, uh, a factory and he's, he's doing a pretty good job. He actually gets promoted in the first issue. Although the bosses are, uh, he hears the bosses talking about how, like how great it is to promote a, a villain like him and a former super villain and how, how it checks off all the boxes and it's woke. So it's, you know, it's, it's like, it's a little bittersweet, but he, he's doing a good enough job, obviously that he gets a, a promotion at his job and so forth and so on. He's just living this mundane life and the parole officer comes by and makes sure he doesn't have any technology of any kind because he's not allowed to as, as part of his conditions of his release and all that. And, you know, he's living a very, very 
boring, singular, repetitive life. And he just has enough one day. And this is the setup where he gets the gang back together. He goes about recruiting some of the rogues for a heist that he has had in his mind as the great as a great heist, kind of like a a, a, a life changing heist that could be pulled off. And he's, he's had it in mind for 20 years because he heard about it at a bar uh, 20 years back. And we see that opening scene from 20 years ago, a flashback scene in the beginning of this issue, setting up this whole premise. Um, Leo Mack is great on the art, much like he was in the 80s throwback style of the basketball heads. This, this, I think his cartooning style just straddles the fence well between campy and and tight enough to work in a superhero book. Um, I really thought it was great here. It, it lended a kind of whimsical, comedic angle to this. I think if you took the same dialogue in the same setting and, say, put someone like Andre Sorrentino on it, it would have felt much different. It would have felt much more serious. Neither for good or for bad, it just would have been a different experience. Um, and and you know this first issue was basically getting the band together, which which was was terrific. It was really good first issue. Looking forward to what's coming next. But the reason I wanted to mention this is more about this philosophical concept of how where you are in your life informs your enjoyment of of stories and and. This made me also think of um, Cliff Chang's Catwoman Lonely City, where we get a very old Selena. You know, she spent 10, 20 years in jail and she's in her 50s now and um, she's well past her prime physically and, and all that sort of thing. And I was thinking about how, like, you know, 20 year old comic reader me would have probably found these stories uninteresting. And boring, I would have said, why do I want to read about old and busted characters? Like, that's how's that interesting? You know, I mean, I could definitely think I would have probably brushed these off and be like, oh, that was who cares about that? It's like, I, I don't want to see people past their prime. Um, but 47 year old me, like, who can see that kind of life, that part of my life on the horizon, totally interesting because, like, I'm fortunately not at that point yet where I feel like I'm well past my physical prime, but it's coming like it's closer than being in my physical prime was, you know? And so, and I have friends that are getting older and obviously my, my family and parents are, are legit old. And so I'm, 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 I'm more familiar and accepting of that part of life's journey. And I just thought, wow, you know, those stories had I had they been published 20 years ago, I would have completely brushed them off. Or, or even actively dislike them. Whereas now I'm like, oh, I'm about this, you know? And, and, and I think for each of us out there, there are different cues in your life, whether it be an emotional experience, whether it be having become a parent, whether it be falling in love, whether it be getting divorced or having your heart broken, you know, succeeding at your job, failing at your job, uh, having money problems, not having, you know, what, whatever your life experiences are, I think, the seasoning and experience lends itself to interpreting these kinds of, or any kind of story in a particular way. And another example that comes to mind is for some people right now, the last thing they want to do is read a book about a pandemic or a post-apocalyptic setting, right? After we dealt with a real pandemic. And I get that. Um, 
whereas maybe five years ago they would have adored the, those same stories, right? Um, I know that uh, like our Slack have a book club and one of the guys is reading The Stand for the first time, which is one of my favorite books of all time. And he said how hard it was because of the pandemic. And I, I get that. And so it was just a reflection. You know, again, no no grand proclamation here. I just was struck by just for some reason reading this. It struck me like this, this what may seem obvious to some people listening that, that you know, where you are in your life and the experiences you've had, good, bad or indifferent, really do inform your um, ability to process, experience, and enjoy uh, the things that you listen to, watch, and read. I think you're on the mark with this. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 it's 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 a never-ending thing, right? Like there are things that probably would have interested us at another part of our life that don't now, and there are things that if I read now, I might not love but then i can revisit in 10 years and adore you know so it's just kind of cool yep i'm gonna be an asshole for a second Mm -hmm. i'll go against type um i think leo max is far too good for the mainstream (laughs) i think he's i think he's amazing this this issue i I guess i don't understand why the mainstream should have great nah i'm just like i said i'm being an asshole okay um i just think he's an incredible find that uh, he should be working on the most prestige. If he chooses to work mainstream, I think he should work on the most prestigious top shelf in your face. Everybody's buying it title because he is just so wonderful at what he does. No this, I'm looking at this. It looks amazing. Mm-hmm. And he's got some Eisner cues in there, like the characters walking across the street and you see the passage of you know, time in the one giant image where there are multiple images of the just crossing. This. I think it's a great, great, great uh, looking book. Phenomenal. I'd love for him to find some time to finish the commissions that he owes people, but... Oh, oh why? You, you're getting uh, a commission from him? Uh, theoretically, I mean... Oh. <laughs> I'm not holding my breath, but yes. Well, it's worth waiting for. Yeah. Well, we'll see if it is. <laughs> I mean, like we all, I hope it is. I don't know that we can say for sure that it will be. What? Who's eating the Tic Tacs? Nine, no, nine? it's not that. Sorry. my, my yeah. It's not the Tic Tacs. My mouse um, wasn't working. <laughs> um, and it's because I, I, I had to pop the tracker ball out and clean out the, uh, the schmegma that was not, there. 19,000 years we've been doing this. And he's cleaning a mouse ball. Why does you? Why does number one? Why does your mouse have a ball? Yeah, what year is what this? You, did that? Did that come with your tan, mouse. your tandy machine? Oh, uh, he's got it with the thumb ball. Okay, yeah, get the thumb ball. Yeah, because yeah. I because I use my computer ten hours a day, including tons of toggling and number crunching in Excel, and so that I got to be able to be fast. I do like the toggle ball. And pen, you should get a pen. A pen is even faster. You know, and, and my laptop is a touchscreen, although I, the amount of times I've leveraged that part of the laptop yeah. is like three times tops. Yeah, but <laughs> I never remember that it's it, touchscreen. It's a more nat- natural reaction to moving a, a stylus than it is to moving your finger on a touchpad. Well, yeah, but it, but not at, not when the laptop is in laptop mode because who's who's holding a pen and pointing it at if, if he had it on his lap i i never use a mouse i can't i i i use a pen for everything even if it's like text manipulation i use a pen interesting yeah should each his own i guess so i guess so 
what else do we have? Should we? I mean, I got more stuff. Well, Dap and I have a a, a, a collabo. Maybe we'll I do think it. We all do. Oh, we all do. Well, I don't know if Vince actually read it. Did he? I know he oh, told. Yeah, I've read it. I've read it. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, J- Jim Ruggs Hulk Grand Design Number One. Um, Vince preempted this conversation a bit last week by suggesting that uh, he had looked through the issue and and wasn't quite feeling the, the gravitational pull of it. Uh, Dab and I said we were eagerly waiting to read the issue. Um, I don't know what Dap thought of it. I see it on his list, though. I can guess from Vince's follow-up uh, comment just there. I can guess what his reaction to it was. Uh, I will say that, um, first of all, I love Jim's work. I think that goes without saying. Aphrodisiac was my number one comic of the decade when we did that list a few years ago. Um, I really do enjoy his work. I I was, but in a way, this book was exactly what I expected it to be, and and that means that it's probably toward the lower end of the stuff that I've read of Jim's, because I guess I like Jim telling his own stories and being fully and completely unbridled by any other rules. Uh, And in this case, he was by his own desire. I mean, he wanted to do this book and lobby for it. So it's not like these rules were hindering him. He, he accepted them, but like this was basically him retelling the early part of Hulk's comic history. Uh, And I think it's very Jim in that it has just an astounding cornucopia of visual storytelling trickery, right? Like you've got all kinds of different mediums that he uses. He's got different styles. He does, you know, the, the faux aging on pages. He does the ad inserts. He does the different types of panel out. He does, you know, pop art style stuff. He does. I mean, so, so like, he definitely all the tools that we've come to love about Jim as a visual storyteller are all on display here. But for some reason, and maybe I, I, I'm not quite sure I've fully come to the conclusion of why I feel this way. I didn't feel the energy from this that I do from his creator owned work. So that's my takeaway. Like it was fine. It was pretty much exactly what I expected it to be, but I wasn't, I wasn't overjoyed by it in the way that I am normally with the Jim Rugg comic. I could agree with that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I guess I'll just preface it. Whatever I'm about to say with the fact that I do respect, admire and love Jim Rugg's work. And it's the fact that he takes risks and he seems to work without a net. Aphrodisiac was totally unhinged, off the rails, uh, graphically and in terms of the narrative. I think this was just a bit too much by the numbers for me. I, I I don't think it's anywhere near as adventurous as it should be for Jim Rugg. It's. It seems. It's. It read like it was a very safe take on the the Hulk legacy, right? Uh, Tom, his his uh, compatriot Tom Scholey would have approached this very very differently. And while there were some parts of Fantastic Four Grand Design that were 
impenetrable to me. Uh, that is what I expect from Tom. I expect Tom to latch on to a concept and be Tom, idiosyncratic. I, I want a Tom, like his Transformer stuff. That could have been created by no one else but Tom, right? I just, I don't know. I just, I, I thought for a character that, that deals in power, I thought Grand Design was weak. It just, it just didn't, it, it I, I don't want to disparage the work because maybe it's, this is a case of me expecting far more than what he delivered. And then, and his audience is largely unfamiliar with his work, I would guess with this book coming out from Marvel and featuring, you know, a Marvel flagship character. I'm guessing a lot of people that read Aphrodisiac are reading this, but the inverse is not true, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting question, how many people are going to pick this up. I, I, I think because we now know what Grand Design is, I I can't imagine many people pick this up that aren't uh, f- fans of Jim's. <sighs> Well, I, I, if I were Marvel, I mean, nobody I, bought the Shuli book, and and obviously these both came after Pisker's very successful X Men, which was a different thing. Well, maybe I don't know what Jim's plans are with this, but obviously Shuli's was a was tiny in terms of size compared to right. Ed, who gave us you know what four Treasury editions worth of, of which X-Men which history. I think was a very unfortunate, but probably fortunate as far as the bottom line goes. Uh, the presentation of Fantastic Four Grand Design was was understated at best. That thing should have been big. As it's bi- interesting if you if you think of the three of them, each of them kind of gave you the what you would expect, right? Which is that, like Ed, for all of what people may think about any of his individual works, like Ed is obsessive compulsive of a planner. Like, I don't know if dude uses spreadsheets. He probably doesn't. But, like, he'd love spreadsheets if someone taught him how to use them. Like, he, right, like, the the whole premise of the X-Men was he had this idea of what if we retold to the letter the X-Men history, you know. And, like, it's very, very true to form. And it's also very evocative of, like, when he gets into a subject, he immerses himself in the subject and then presents his vision of it. And, and, and again, he I'm analyzes to, it. He, he, yeah, exactly. He bra- breaks it up into columns like a spreadsheet. Precisely. Yeah, Precisely. Yeah. It's a very, very analytical and intentional. Everything he does with it is intentional. Shioli, which, as we talked about when it came out, that was an odd duck because Shioli had already done such amazing work, most notably in Godland, but like with the Kirby ethos and making it his own. That it felt weird that he then went and did Fantastic Four, right? Like after he kind of already did really creative riffs on that part of Marvel's history in a much more open air way, uh, and it felt to me too experimental. And we're rehashing what we said about this book years ago when it came out, in the sense that like I, I would rather it have just been like his story about a cosmic foursome where we got that it was a Fantastic Four analog, but it wasn't like it just seemed weird where he was trying to fit like canonical Marvel history into his version of like wildly creative uh, cartooning. You know, it just didn't It kind of seemed like square peg round hole to me, mm. um, which is ironic because I think when we all heard him doing like it seemed like such a no brainer, like, oh, of course, you should do Fantastic Four grand design. Uh, this to me. 
like I said, it kind of was exactly what I expected it to be. Um, cause like, like Jim kind of took it like it's a, it's a Marvel encyclopedia entry. Like, yeah. But I think there's enough of Jim's, um, there's enough of Jim in this. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's, there's a, 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 a humorous, uh, quality to some of it where like lightheartedness that I think is, is from what I know about Jim that I, I think it, it meshes really well, but Shirley's the concept guy. You give him a concept and he will ring that sucker for every drop it's worth. But and he likes to reimagine it though. Yeah, that's I filter yeah. it through that chilly lens. Yeah, yeah. That's why I think uh Fantastic Four Grand Design was much more successful uh creatively than this Hulk book. It was just a, you know, okay, I have a, a line drawing here and I got my paints that came with it and there's a number 5 in this space and I got to paint that in with the orange cuz that has a 5 on the lid. And and it 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 there's a sequence to these things that you have to follow. Like it just sent, it just seemed like he was he was walking across the stone path to get to the other side of the lake. And and uh, is that bad? No, but it, it's just I I ex- I expected more ballpoint, more ripped pages, more just just a, an insightful glimpse at what it, not only what it was like to read these comics in the time in which they were coming out. I used too many ends, but. Um, it just seemed like you know a button pushing. Like this is what I have to do, and I'm going to do it. Mm. Yeah, where uh, Sholey with the crayons and the and the messed up pages, sometimes to the detriment of the art. Like I love messy, and it just Sholey's book made me feel like there were so many ideas and concepts banging around in Sholey's brain that the art, which was sometimes muddy. And I loved the fact that it was money, that the art reflected that chaotic stew of stuff that's that's just swirling around Tom's head. Yeah. Where this was just a I little mean, you're too... you're a golfer. To me, it was like, the analogy is like, to me, Sholey pulled out the, the driver and he totally shanked it off the fairway. Like, he went for it all and it didn't land to me. Mm. Whereas, like, I feel like with Rug, and we're only, again, this is only one issue, so... Uh, it doesn't fit, but like for me, I felt like Rug knew that he was going to be able to par the hole, so he he you know he pulled out an iron and he you know he hit his two fifty down the fairway. He didn't go for the three fifty just because it was like I you know I'm gonna uh, and and just didn't really. So I'm kind of with you. I don't feel like he took chances with this, but he didn't make it to the green. <laughs> Get it? Yeah, I, I thought we it didn't was, hear what Dabbit said. I thought it was good. You didn't. You clearly disliked it. You've been you've no been the 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 green the green oh Jason oh, oh. the green because Hulk is green yeah and he didn't okay yeah. I think I need a sign language assistant here to hear this. Uh, listen, we we know Jim is extremely adept at at drawing in different styles. I mean, there's there's Bashima here, there's Trimpy, there's 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 a whole slew. Of artists that, uh, that 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 he mimicked here to tell these different stories. This felt, without all the heavy text pieces, this reminds me of Marvel Saga, and it wasn't necessarily something that, yeah, it's something I probably should have expected, knowing what came before, mm-hmm. uh, but knowing what Jim can do, I think I 
just wanted a little bit more than a couple of panels here and there of of some Hulk story. And then jumping ahead, I mean, I'm glad we had the annotations in the back. We he breaks down every page that you know where you could find the actual story. Um, you know, we got the the notebook page of him doing the cover for uh, for Incredible Hulk uh, 181, and and we've got the uh, Marvel's TV Sensation full page added. It, it, it's a lot of it is re- there are a lot of pages where I would turn the page about. Oh, that's neat. That looks cool. I dig that, but, um, but yeah, it is just kind of a very quick machine gun style of the first appearance of Hulk to when, uh, from issue 300, when Dr. Strange sent them to an alternate reality and, and, and it's just, and it, and it goes by very quickly. Um, but it's, it's weird because yeah, if you just want to read it, it's, it's kind of just, can make sense of it in that regard but because it's jim and i know the styles of the artists that that told these stories originally i'm spending more time looking at each panel than reading it kind of straight through so i may not be the, the target audience for this but mm-hmm. uh I, I i i appreciate it but it's um it's it's i kind of just and this is on me. I knowing what he can do, I expected more. And like I said, right. that, that's so on me. It's underwhelming. It is. It's right. just it, I, the the man which, can... which which hurts that you know to, to to use that word next to Jim's name. That's it. It. it I don't want to. But you're you're right, Vince. It it. it if we're going to keep one hundred, even the cover. The cover's like it's it's just. Uh, Design is solid, but it's just, <laughs> the cover is very Chip Kitty. It's just it's kind of weak. I, I don't know. I, I yeah, like like everyone. I just it probably sounds like I don't think we're all. I think we all pretty much agree on 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 how it hits. I think just the difference is was expectation. Like I, I, I came so. into this expecting it to be the least exciting thing I've ever read from Jim because it was going to be going to have the guardrails yeah, of having so, yeah, to tell a Marvel yeah. story. Okay, um, you guys, I think we're hoping to be your toes curled in the way that you would a typical gym book. Uh, and, and thus we probably landed the same, it's just that there, the chasm between your expectations and what it actually was, was a bit wider than mine. Right. I wanted to see scotch tape rendered in ballpoint, right. You know, holding up a panel, just, just go full tilt with the design and, and, uh, just show, his the guy's a virtuoso in in, in a lot. He, he's great with design. He's great with illustration. Um, he's he's really good with color. Like, come on, it, this this was playing to the audience, and I think uh, uh, Ed didn't do that. Tom definitely didn't do that. So I would think that 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 Jim would be like, I'm my own person. Yeah, I got hired by Marvel to do this in whatever capacity i'm going to show these guys what the medium is capable of and mm-hmm. and we just get a recollection of stuff cornucopia it, it, it's like a scrapbook nancy down the street makes scrapbooks of her grandkids i don't want to i don't want that but he, it's it's good i don't think it's just good enough for 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 jim mm-hmm that's fair. I don't. I don't think he would find 
fault with those comments. I mean, I, I compare, you know, the way you're describing it, it, it made me think of the history of the Marvel Universe mm-hmm. um, by by Wade and Javier Rodriguez, which I thought was amazing. Yeah. And and that was basically by design, like, a, like you said, a scrapbook through the Marvel Universe. But the the intricacies and thoughtfulness of the of the challenges Javier had to do to pull you know all of Marvel history into a six issue treasury sized story visually was like a, was was a puzzle that was hard to solve and he did it right and uh, this was obviously a less cha- theoretically less challenging because you have one pool of story that you're pulling from yeah uh, well, and it yeah. And the history of the Marvel Universe is a very imbalanced book. Because I think the art far supersedes the story. So as great as it is visually, I don't think it's a it's a colossal work because the, the story's just there. Right? The, the 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 events are just streaming in order for Javier to just tear into them and present them in such visually exciting ways that the I mean the draw of that book is the art. Nobody, I don't think anybody came, well, I shouldn't say that, but I would guess that the people that came to that book or, or were allured by whatever the, the bookness of it or the, the, the art artifice behind it, they came for the art. They, the, the story was, yeah, okay, great. We, you know, we've, we've heard and read these incidents a million times before. Look at these illustrations. Oh, my goodness, right? That, that, that's not a balanced work. It's, it's as good as it is, right? Where you look at Piscor's um, X-Men grand design, those things are very cohesive, very complete works because, the, like you said, the, 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 the fact collating and the data mining and all that stuff that Ed does so very well and lining everything up in creative ways plus the visual aspect of the book, that's a more balanced work to me, I think. So, yeah, I mean, I love History of the Marvel Universe, but it's all about the art with that thing. It's like Silver Surfer Black. Look at it. It looks phenomenal. Story, eh, it's okay. Right? Trad Trad is the one that's drawn him in on on that book. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you lose me a bit. Like, I don't don't compare those two in the sense that, like, to me, Silver Surfer... Like Silver Silver Black is a Tradmore art book. Like that's what that is. Well, that's how and I see history of the Marvel. Yeah, Universe. I don't see it that way. I, I felt I felt Mark. First of all, I think Mark is a huge draw for a lot of people, particularly in that kind of story. Like the idea of, like very. Few, I don't think there's very many people in the business that are more qualified to write a book that kind of summarizes the history of DC or Marvel. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. So, but like, I mean, I, I'm not saying it's your. If it didn't work for you, it didn't work for you in that regard. I'm just saying, like, I think that was a big draw was that Mark Wade was writing it. Like, I don't think it was a, hey, let's look at Javier like Rodriguez draw. But I mean, I think it was a great choice, and I think that like, I'm really glad that that Javier was partnered with Mark because I think in lesser hands the book would have been pretty dull. Or what if Diodato drew that? You'd be well, like, sure, yeah. Uh, but that being said, like, and and not that we intended this, like I. I, I really enjoyed that. I, I, I thought the story was because like, like what was Mark supposed to do there? Like the, the story, the stories were already told. He just had to put a framing sequence around, around it. And I thought the framing sequence was pretty clever. Like, you know, we got, we got Galactus, you know, the last guy that ever existed in, in, in the prior 
version of our universe becomes Galactus. And then now we're at the point where, you know, Franklin is the, you know, is the last guy to exist in our, in this universe about to cross over. Like I thought that was clever and like befitting. It's cute. It's you know, it's and not, like Pedro the first time we've seen it. And yeah. I don't know, like it seemed appropriate. Like, I don't know, but yeah, I, I like. I guess I like the story of that more than you did. I'm, I'm not saying it was bad. I, I, All over it, it's cool. It's no, cool. That's just, let's <laughs> let's just be honest. It, it's a virtuoso visual performance. the The story's good. It's good. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yikes! Hey, everybody! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you'll come back for more. Remember. None of this would be possible if it was not for our patrons. Patreon.com slash 11 o'clock comics. These are the guys and gals that are there for us every single month. They make all this happen. Um, We flood the Patreon stream with images, text, videos, audio. We give uh, the patrons at least three hours extra of of audio every month. That's on top of all the other stuff. Plus the dedicated Slack channel where we commune constantly. We're doing it right yep. now. Yeah. So just check it out. We would love to have you. Eleven o'clock. Uh, blah, 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 Patreon.com slash eleven o'clock comics. In your travels. Speaking of patrons, I have to give a big old bear hug to our buddy Mike Del Vecchio. Oh, look at you. Yeah. Because uh, he, uh, one of the the hallmarks of the Slack channel is recommendations. Hey, I'm reading this. Here's a couple images. I think it's great. You should be reading it too, because I love you and I want you to have fun with your life. So (laughs) Mike uh, floated uh, a manga that it was available through the Shonen Jump app and uh, website, and I stupidly. Let my subscription to Shonen Jump lapse. Wow! So I corrected. You know, well, I usually buy the books. I don't usually read them online. But I thought, my goodness, this is a dollar ninety nine a month. That is a ridiculous value. So even if I read it online and then later buy the hard copies of it uh, of whatever it is that I, I'm enjoying, it's still a dollar ninety nine a month. That's a, that's peanuts right so i i upped my subscription because mike said y'all should be reading dan dadan i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right but that's the way i'm going to say it dan dadan written and illustrated dun, 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 dun. by yukinobu tatsu what is this about hmm. i know jason's going to say at the end of this if there was ever a manga that was tailor-made for Vince, this is it. Because it kind of is. It's the story of two high schoolers. A young lady named Momo Ayase and a, a bullied, abused, picked-upon young nerd named Ken Takakura. And uh, so, so what draws these two kids together? Well, uh, th- his classmates were abusing him, Ken. And uh, Momo stepped in to uh, dissuade them from doing so. And uh, because their lives suddenly 
unbelievably uh, intertwined for that moment, Ken took it upon himself to start talking to Momo. And he's been watching her. And he knows that she's an aficionado of the paranormal. She loves the ghosts. Her grandmother is a spirit medium. And uh, maybe the little bleed through in, uh, in her family has uh, made Momo incredibly uh, curious. And uh, I don't want to say infatuated or um, consumed, but she loves her ghosts. Ken, on the other hand, is a UFO aficionado. He calls them UAPS, which was which is unidentified aerial phenomenon. And I think UAPS is a very cumbersome way. So I'm just going to say UFOs. Um, and uh, they go back and forth like, well, ghosts are real and your UFOs are just fantasy. And Ken would be like, I don't think so. Momo, UFOs are real and ghosts are just non-existent. So what they do is they challenge each other to uh, absorb or expose themselves into each other's obsessions in order to prove their existence. So Momo goes to this building that is uh, well-known in uh, UFO aficionado circles as, as being a place where that attracts UFOs. And Ken goes to this tunnel which is purported to be the the uh, the lair of this extremely vengeful spirit, and you know what happens? Well, you don't know what happens because this is not a very predictable story, where um, Momo is abducted by aliens, and jeez, uh, they're atypical. Initially, they they have um, happy, bloated businessman. Uh, Humpty Dumpty type uh, guys is on where they all have the same face and what they try and do is um, they're here on our planet to to gather uh, reproductive organs because their species only has males and they want to reproduce and when they reveal their their alien penises their giant metal protuberances and they're really really disturbing and i'm not glorifying or anything with rape but what they do is they strap young momo they disrobe her mostly and they strap her to a table and they're about to impregnate her in order to continue their species and then they were going they're going to take her reproductive organs meanwhile ken's in the tunnel and he comes face to face with uh, this entity called Turbo Granny. She's an old woman, but she's extremely fast. And the thing about this this uh, spirit is you don't run away from her because she takes it as a challenge. And she will get you. And that's exactly what she can gets freaked out and runs away. And uh, Turbo Granny takes his dick. Uh, you don't see it. It's it's done in a in a paranormal uh, way. But she takes his genitalia, um, and the two stories uh, intertwine in that because uh, Ken is possessed now by the Turbo Granny. Uh, he, well, I won't say, but the 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 two stories intersect and. 
the grandma's paranormal powers manifest to a certain extent in Momo. She gets uh, psychokinesis and she's able to fend off the aliens. And so the two develop a friendship. Um, problem is that, uh, that what them with them being high schoolers and Momo being a teenage girl, she has a vision for her, her perfect boyfriend. And uh, this person's name is Ken Takakura. Uh, just so happens her new friend's name is Ten Takakura, but he looks visually nothing like the uh, mental construct that she's formed for her perfect boyfriend. So she doesn't call him by that name. She calls him Occult-kun. And now they embark and the adventures begin. But holy crap, is this thing great. Um, Tatsu's art is just unbelievably good. Um, it's a little... And this is coming from me. Parts of it are a little too sensual, a little too erotic. Like when uh, Momo's, Momo's strapped to the table, I had to keep reminding myself that this is a high school age girl. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, kind of. I mean, there's no nudity, but it's like it's very cheesecakey, and it does involve attempted rape. So it's kind of squeamishly disturbing in, in that sense that you had, you know, things hap didn't if they didn't happen in the way that they did chances are this young lady would have been raped by these aliens and that's not that's not cool right but it's i guess it's all in good fun because it is it's, it's yeah right um the art is just ridiculously good um mm -hmm. kinetic the 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 composition is just masterful the, there's there's large panels in which you know fights occur and i have some of them attached to the thread on our website 11oclockcomics.com if you want to see them go in there it's just it's a visual treat it's a tour de force uh, beautifully beautifully rendered but the story's kind of cool too I want to see where this goes because I'm a guessing eventually these two young people are going to become an item and I hope that happens because different worlds you know our differences are what unites us right whatever but it's just I, I had so much fun with this so big old tip of the hat to Mike DiCarlo for suggesting this. Uh, go go to the Shonen Jump site and subscribe for two bucks a month. You can read this and literally thousands and thousands and thousands of other pages for two bucks a month. I like to say in response to that, shut up. It is just like a, a ridiculous value. It is. Dan da Dan. Read it. It's great. In your travels. Um, I read the first issue of this limited series and then decided to wait for the collection. Uh, and I'm glad I did. Because, uh, as with most anthologies, not everything is an absolute winner. Um, but the good definitely outweighs the bad. And this little hardcover by DC Comics called Superman Red and Blue figured kind of started off with a little bit of Superman, so I'll end with it. But um, when you take off the dust jacket, there's a really, really cool Art Adams wraparound cover underneath. Um, Almost makes you wish that it was just that. Yes. Yes, it does. Uh, but um, I was not going to run down every single story here and, and, and weigh the pros and cons. There are some creators who I was happy to see 
but then it's not necessarily um, told the the best story. There's no nothing really in continuity here. There are some uh, there's some stories with Clark as little boy with uh, an older Clark at Pa's gravestone, and um, there's uh, the uh, Superman from. Um, Final Crisis, the uh, Earth Fifty Two, the the President Superman. So, um, so it's basically it's it's a big old book of just Superman stories. But um, one of my favorites uh, was written by Stephen T. Siegel and uh, drawn by Duncan Rollo, and it is two two old biddies, kind of the way they're talking to Martha about Clark. Um, it ends on a good note because Martha kind of puts them in um, in their place because they want to make sure that they remind Martha, you know, well, he's not really your own. You know, he's not yours. You, he's adopted. And it, it's like, the bitch, please. So it was just, it was a really, wow. it was a good moment for, I mean, she didn't say that. I wouldn't have. <laughs> she didn't say it, but she definitely put them in their place as, uh, as she would. Um, there's a uh, there's a nifty story by um, by uh, illustrated by uh, Dennis Cohen and um, and inked by uh, John Staniski, but uh, is written by Chuck Brown. Where um, where again it is the uh, it's it's President Superman dealing with I want to say um, uh, it almost looks like. Um, was it Prometheus? Who was the dude who infiltrated the uh, the Justice League and basically wiped them all out during the Morrison run? It's Prometheus. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It, it, this guy looks a lot like Prometheus. Um, there's a uh, there's a, a really cool story by Dan Panosian that he, he writes and draws, which is basically just about uh, Luthor, who's going to um, who has who has a piece of red kryptonite, and he keeps running through scenarios on how to use it to dispose of superman um but the name of the story is called patience because that's he's, he's just he's not going to use it today he'll think about it and try again uh another day there's a uh there's a story by uh jason howard which deals with uh, the cyborg superman hank henshaw and uh and how superman has to thwart him um there is a interesting um, one of my favorites is called The Special. It's written by Tom King, art by uh, Paolo Rivera, and basically the main character in this story is a woman who works at the diner that the Kents frequent, and we watch her age as you know from Clark as a baby to an adult. When um, and and in this particular story. Uh, Pod is is dead, and and she just talks about uh, the family and and how it was always great to see them, and how special um, the Kents are, and 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 what a great guy Clark grew up to be. There's a uh, there's a Matt Wagner story, which is kind of the old school golden age Superman. So so that was neat to see. Um, there is a wordless. Streaky the Supercat story by Sophie Campbell, which is amazing. Um, 
and on the flip side, there is a really, really um, touching crypto story by um, written by. Sorry, I just had it. It's illustrated by Abraham Mustafa, which we all love. But uh, Judd Winnick wrote that one. There's a um, uh, Chris Sprouse drawn story, which is about Jimmy Olsen. Which was and, and and about the relationship that Superman and Jimmy have, and how all the the fo- the great photos that Jimmy had taken over the years, and which one might be his favorite, but um, but Superman's favorite is the one of um, is the one that was basically taken by accident because um, there was one one photo that Jimmy was going to take that would have been like the ultimate Superman photo, but he left the lens cap on. So um, when he takes the cap, when Superman takes the cap off. Jimmy accidentally snaps a photo and it's a very candid, just uh, a, a shot of Superman and Jimmy. Um, nicely done. But uh, yeah, there was, there are just so many, there were a lot of uh, really entertaining stories in this collection. But what's weird is that there, the only thing is there wasn't much consistency as far as the coloring of it because it's red and blue. And I know, you know, you have the Superman, you have Batman black and white. And that's of course just going to be black and white, but there, some stories did were just drawn in like blue line or red lines. And, and depending on the character is how, what was the color that they were drawn in. But, um, but there were some that were a little bit more fully colored there were some that just kind of completely ignored the the conceit of of, of the the theme, but um, it didn't. The colors, the coloring, or the inconsistency of, of of how the colors were applied didn't necessarily detract from uh, the stories that were being told. But it was it it, it was a really I, I enjoyed this anthology a lot. I don't know if we'll get more. I like that you know some some stories were just. A, few pages some went on a couple more pages but uh it wasn't beholden the continuity they just you know if you had a superman story you wanted to tell they told it didn't really matter um what which superman is yours or, or, or which version you might be your favorite uh or what era they might have pulled them from to, to tell this particular tale but uh but overall it was a pretty cool collection of superman stories told by um a bunch of creators mostly modern day contemporary creators that, that they're familiar with today it's not like you know we didn't we didn't really get any paul levitt's written stories or uh anything from i, mean, I think the the only creators that have been around for a minute that are in this are like uh dennis cowan and uh like cully hamner the folks like that there weren't uh mostly everybody in here even like danny and um or Jason Howard, they're more of the 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 creators that and, and even I mean in the um, there's a Daniel Warren Johnson story here as well, which which is really that one kind of tugs at the heart a little bit. It 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 um it's it basically just repeats what uh, what Jonathan has said to uh, to Clark over the years as far as uh, him being um, he said. Uh, I'm proud of you. Uh, you're special. Um, I love you. And and it it's at, at the end of the end of the story. Um, yeah. It, it, so it's Jonathan 
walking baby Clark and then planting out in the field with Clark and then Clark helping him fix the the truck. It's like, I love you. I'm proud of you. You are special. And he just keeps repeating that. And at the end of the, uh, the end of the, uh, this particular story, Superman flies out into, uh, into space and looks back at, at this big blue marble and just says, I love you. I'm so proud of you. And it was, it was a really, it was, it was definitely a Daniel Warren Johnson story, but, uh, but yeah, it, it, it's a really cool collection. In your travels, I would definitely recommend you check out uh, a Superman Red and Blue. Yeah, I had a chance to read Daniel's story a couple months before it was published, and uh, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, it really is. Just in the feels. Hit see in the feels. Yep. Um, uh, nice. Uh, well, I guess we're, we're, we're sticking with our comfy pants tonight on our yes. travels because... Um, in your travels, I just want to mention two X books that have come out in the last two weeks. Uh, I am not alone in 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 the X fan consortium who lamented the end of Hickman's run for obvious reasons. Um, this has been the baton handoff uh, that we were all anxiously and nervously awaiting and we're only one issue into both of these series so by no means is this a fait accompli but i have to say i'm uh relieved and gratified at the first issues we got from from these two books i'm talking uh as some might have guessed already about immortal x-men number one and x-men red number one uh immortal x-men number one came out last week uh, written by Kieran Gillen with uh, Where Have You Been All My Life art by Lucas Warnack. Uh, Lucas is clearly worships at the altar of Terry Dodson, and I'm not, I have no problem with that. <laughs> I have no problem with that at all. If you can, if you can, if you can give me Dodson esque uh, illustrations with the consistency that Lucas gave us in this issue, I'm here for it uh, for sure. Uh, that is essentially. Uh, Dylan's going to take a look at the power play of Krakoa now that we are past the Mora, McTaggart, Charles, Magneto deception and what comes after. Uh, in this issue, it was essentially narrated by Mr. Sinister, which I think was a great choice. It's just so fun seeing his evil... Uh, egotistical viewpoint on each of his uh, quiet council uh, compatriots. Uh, we get to see what he thinks of each. We also get uh, a bit of a, uh, of a tryout for the potential replacement for the quiet council uh, seat of Magneto, who is giving up his seat to go and live out the rest of his days on, um, on Mars, on Arako. Uh Because uh, he's kind of like, you know he needs to find a he needs to find a new path after what he wanted to happen on uh, Krakoa just not quite working out that way. Uh, just thought it was really really well put together, tight, funny moments, shocking moments. The the final page reveal is awesome and uh, sets up potentially sinister machinations from Mr. Sinister, uh, as, as we've all, I think a lot of us been waiting to see happen. So, uh, just, just loved it to death. Thought it was just, just chef's kiss. Uh, and then 
this week, uh, X-Men Red number one came out, and that was um, uh, by Stefano Caselli on art with Al Ewing writing. Uh, some of you may recognize that as the team from Sword, which I know that uh, we were all fans of. This really continues that story from Sword in the sense that, remember, Sword was about putting together this cosmic team of mutants and 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 f- to pull off something big. And then we then, of course, learned with the Hellfire Gala and all that that the, the big was terraforming Mars to give them a new mutant planet where they could send the, all of the, the mutants from... Uh, from Araco to live there along with anyone else that wanted to live there um, for about the last year. Storm has been the regent of the planet. Uh, and this kind of continues that. So much like Immortal X-Men, it was looking at the political machinations on Krakoa. This kind of looks at the political machinations on the budding planet of Araco. Uh, and uh, I thought it was, was, was terrific. I will say full disclosure, Vince, it's very storm centric because yeah, she's I see that. so I know it's not probably up your alley, mm. but uh, if you don't have an unnaturally uh, and and just wrong headed uh, disposition against storm like Vince, you'll find this to be really engaging. Um, you know because uh, this was um, basically setting up the key players here. So you've got a few of the key Iraqi mutants that uh, we've been seeing that are also on the same on the on the circle. They're the council there, but but then Storm, of course, is going to play a big part. As is Magneto, who uh, has has gone back to his red costume, uh, and Sunspot is up in that piece. As is uh, James Proudstar and Vulcan, uh, aka the uh, strongest but uh, probably most hated Summers brother. Uh, so yeah, it was it was a, a, a it's kind of setting up the chess pieces uh, issue. Um, but I think they can have a lot of a lot of interesting stories in this, right? Being that it's on a different planet, and uh, there's also a whole thing with Orcus setting up their own uh, base of operations on one of the moons of of Mars, which is you know makes for some potentially interesting situations. Uh, and we find out that Abigail Brand is working with Orcus. So that sucks. That's kind of a gut punch. But yeah, yeah, really, really cool stuff. Both supremely well executed, supremely well drawn. And uh, I, I, again, it's only one issue each, so I'm not going to hold off and saying like, oh, we, we've, 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 we've managed to to seamlessly move past the Hickman influence on these books. We've, we, we need at least an arc or two from each before we can say that with confidence. But you got to get the first issue right if you're going to end up getting the first arc right and then the first year right. And they did both, I think, get the first issue right. So they've, uh, you know, they've, they've passed the first test. Very relieved. I'm sure you are. <laughs> uh, like I said, I like these books. Yeah, you're not going to like X-Men Red, but you'll, I think you'll like Immortal X-Men. I, I'm looking at it. It's, it's kind of what I expected, right? I mean, when you have Storm so prominently featured... There's a lot of storm in this book, but sure, yeah. Well, she's the region of the yeah. planet, so you, I mean, you, you got to yeah. pay the toll to cross the bridge. That's right. So, all right, everybody, thank you so much for listening to this. Remember, Twitter, Reddit, Instagram, Facebook, all over the place, and uh, iTunes, Pod Chaser, Pickle Lover, 
everything. You can just get this. You can walk down the street and trip over 11 o'clock comics, hopefully. While wearing your T-shirt. While wearing your T-shirt. Oh, where can they get those T-shirts? T-Public. Uh, actually, it'd be easier if you go to Podchaser and look for 11 o'clock comics and click on the merch tab. And you will uh, you will be taken to our T Public store where you can um, find all the T-shirts, all the designs for all the album art over the years, and uh, and put them on a T-shirt, coffee mug, whatever tickles your fancy. Now, should we care as should should we care whether they go to T Public or Threadless? I ask because I recently went to Threadless and bought stuff of ours. You can go to either place. The the, the pod chaser is linked with T Public, but Threadless works as well. It, it it's because you can get it, your because I I bought a a new wonderfully soft hoodie of uh, featuring comics should be ridiculous art created by our man Vince. How about from, that? Uh, well, not all of it. The design. No, no, no. You you manipulated the yeah, and the, the typography is yeah. mine too. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So I know that. Uh, I know the public has sales quite often, um, which I'll get notified for. I don't know how often Threadless runs sales, but um, but yeah, if you if if you prefer one over the other, I'm not going to stop you. Yeah, T Swizzle, Shredless, whatever you want to do. Shredless, T Swizzle, he says. <laughs> Kerrang, whatever you know. Yes, yes. Beautiful young lady. All right, everybody. Hey, we are out of here. Please come back next time. We love you so much. Read a whole mess of comics. In the meantime, second night. Wow, that was good. That was good. Thank you. That's see. They'll probably think I'm making fun of people with speech impediments, but I'm not. David. Good night. Not gonna do it. Not gonna do it. Well, I'm not gonna do the the porky pig, no. You're gonna mess it up. I was George Bush by Dana Carvey. Was it now? That's what that was. You'd be better off doing chopping broccoli. David. I think that was pretty close. Yeah, all right. It's doable. It's fine. Yeah. It's weird. Like if you do a search online, like it's impossible to search for the T Public EOC page. It is. You're absolutely right. As I think it's, I think it's spelled out eleven. Maybe you should just take the link and embed it into the episode thread. You have a, you have the capability to edit it. Just stick it in there. After I'm, stick after I, after in. I, after I publish it. All right, everybody, we're out. We're gone. You, we've stayed too long. Go have some fun. Tell them you love them. Oh, with with a good chunk of my heart. Black as it is. Oh, not at all. You have the black heart. I have a humongously beating bright red heart. No, I got the magic shell. My heart looks black, but there's a very thin crust to get to the red. That's true. That's it for that one. <laughs>